All right, everyone. How you doing? I am Sergio from the Dodgeball Podcast International Series, and here with me I have essentially a returning guest. This time, uh, sharing her story. <laughs> Let them know who you are. Uh, hi, everyone. My name is Catherine Thomas. I play dodgeball in England in the UK, and yeah, I guess we'll get to the other bits as we go through. <laughs> yeah, we, we definitely just rattle know. off my CV. Um, <laughs> we definitely will, and. At this point, you're no stranger to the podcast. You pretty much have been on probably the most, but this is the first time we're actually going to just go into your story specifically. But before we uh, go into all that, let's get into um, some preliminaries. So what's your jersey number and why? Uh, so my, I've been thinking about this one, um, just like trying to come up with something interesting to say about it. And I've realized I basically have my, you can split, I have a three ball jersey number and a five ball jersey number and it just so happens that I changed clubs at that point hmm. that we were going through in the UK so I started out playing three ball at university and I was number 13 and that was literally just because I've never really played sport before dodgeball so I didn't have like a lucky number or anything but I just went for the old classic like oh it's got to be lucky for someone and there wasn't <laughs> anyone else who isn't <laughs> the lamest thing you've ever heard <laughs> And there wasn't anyone else who had it. So I was like, right, great, I'm number 13. And then, so for a number of reasons, including like Alex Nelson, actually, we left to go to the same club. And um, she was going to captain and she'd actually really wanted the number 13. But I started at, at Steel before her. So I kind of put my foot down and was like, ah, if we move, you can have it. But I'm having it at Steel. <laughs> so she had 13. So I was like, all right, I need a new number then. So I am... Um, I scratched around a bit and I went for 31 and it was kind of, and it's the number of the house, like the house number I grew up, like is the kind of like sentimental reason. It was also kind of an in joke just for me personally, because um, we moved away from Nottingham to play for Leicester Minotaurs, which are a bit, of, we're a bit of a like Marmite club in that you either love them or you hate them. So I, my running joke was I'd gone over to the dark side. So I just flipped my number. So it went from 13 to 31. And I, but I've stuck with it. So I'm, 30, I'm 31 still at Sheriff's. Back at, yeah, the slightly less controversial club. Sheriff's is a slightly less controversial club? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. like, yeah, let, I think it was, in, I was listening to a different one of yours, like uh, one of the Arizona guys, and you were talking about how uh, someone's motto is like, be brutal or something. <laughs> well you repeat that again so one of your interviews like with one of the like og like arizona people was it nate someone i just picked him nate Evans? To him. i think so and yeah you were chatting about um like old tournaments and people's like taglines for their team and oh. some of them were, like pretty hardcore like yeah we get crazy out here yeah so i think yeah I, I've got a lot of time. I, I, I learned so much from those guys. But Minotaurs definitely had a, like, take no prisoners attitude. And it's not... Some people don't like that. And some people do like that. So you were aware when you were playing for them that it wasn't for everyone. But, mm. like, I learned a lot of stuff from them. And, yeah, so it's it's part of where I've been. And they have the, they have the, nice, they have the nicest stash. I still wear my Minotaurs, like jacket quite a lot because it's the best quality dodgeball jacket i've got oh <laughs> <laughs> well, i definitely want to see a pic of that uh once this is over um there's definitely a couple of things i want to uh touch on before we continue so 
I mean, I'm pretty sure that was Nate Evans, but it, it felt like a lot of the Arizona guys have the same kind of story, just different and tweaked. Um, so yeah, Nate, you're you're very popular overseas. You know, thank you. Uh, that's one. <laughs> Two. Um, it's funny how you said you went to the dark side and you flipped it. So me being such a nerd, I, I instantly looked at that, and I don't know if you read comic books or anything, but there's a uh, an evil version of the Flash. And instead of his um, uniform being red with yellow highlights, it's yellow with red highlights. Uh, okay. I don't, I like follow, I'm more like film comic style. Okay. Like I, I pick up a little bit. Like, so I've, I know, I know of the flash and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So technically there's an alternate version of the flash from the future who runs so fast that he can actually, you know, go to the past and, pick on the current heroic flash if you want to call it that uh. yeah I'm, again this is me being a nerd probably only five people who are going to listen to this probably get that reference and i appreciate you guys but um yeah it's that when you when you said you flipped the number i'm like yeah reverse flash um so uh when did you start playing dodgeball it would have been at university right yeah so i went to university um in the september of 2013 so technically, I'd have been playing. So I'd have been playing for nine years this coming September. Yeah, wow. I got. I was. Yeah, I went and helped <laughs> out with a like another local uni. They're just starting up. They've had a dodgeball club for like four months, and um, think like schemes that British dodgeball are, like trying to get more women into dodgeball. So I've been chatting to them about running some women's sessions, and when I realised how new they were. I was like, oh, you know what? Like, I only live half an hour away. Like, do you want me to just come down, introduce myself, and then if I can be a ha- of service, like, I'll take you through some drills and stuff. Yeah. So I got there, and they were really friendly, and obviously really keen to learn. And I just stood there. I was like, oh yeah, hi, I'm Cat. I've been playing for, and I was like, oh my god, it'll be like it's not that far off ten years. <laughs> you know, it's like the weight <laughs> of it sits on your shoulders. Like, I'm old. <laughs> oh. <laughs> These people are so young and bouncy. And there's me like strapping my fingers, putting my like knee pads and my knee protectors on, and I was like, "Just wait for grandma." Wait for grandma. <laughs> I'll be right with you once I put on like four layers of protective clothing. Okay. Um, wait for grandma. Okay. Well, if you're if you're a grandma, that makes me a great granddad, and I don't like the sound of that. So, yeah, <laughs> so. we won't we won't talk about it anymore. Yeah, moving on. Uh, So you you said you moved out of Nottingham? Well, so yeah, so I've stayed. So I started Nottingham in 2013, which was three ball dodgeball. So I did four years at Nottingham because I stayed at the university to do a postgrad. So I was at university for six years total. But after like four years in the club, like as much I loved it, it's like probably the formative experience of my life. So many friends, like my grown-up ride-or-die friends all come from like ball to steel as we call ourselves which is a whole different story um yeah so love them dearly but that you can have too much of a good thing so by the time that I'd done like four years I'd been women's captain in that fourth year and we were flipping to five ball and a lot of my friends were leaving because they weren't they weren't stupid enough to do a postgrad um (laughs) so I was like right I want a new challenge and so the sheriffs like I knew them I knew a lot of them because Sheriff's actually started the same year I started playing dodgeball. So back when they were first starting out, the more experienced balls of steel guys used to like literally 
come around in a car, anyone who is interested, we'd all jump in one car and go down to sheriff's training to like make up numbers to make sure that, that we were supporting the local club and all that jazz. Mm-hmm. And like for a number of reasons, like they were the women's first team was doing quite well, but they didn't quite have enough women to have a seconds team. Like I knew I'd have been like at best borderline for the first. And I was really keen to keep competing because we've been really lucky at Steel in that we'd um ha- we were one of only four universities and I think three by the end that actually played in the like the community Premier League. We were in WDPL. So I was really keen to keep playing league. And at that time, there was only the one. Um, mm. So basically it was, I think, or they were about, there were rumours they were setting up a league one to go underneath the Premier League. So a couple of us had this offer to go to Minotaurs and basically start a women's team there because they'd never had one before. And we thought about it for a bit and we're like, you know what, sort of nothing ventured, nothing gained. And so we all went down. So I commute, commuted all the distances. Um, of like when I talk about going a long way are gonna you're gonna absolutely cry with laughter because obviously in the UK going an hour for training is quite a long way <laughs> because the country <laughs> is only like a nine hour drive long <laughs> not quite pretty much but yeah so so I did a year at Minotaurs because we and because of we like pulled in a load of our friends from Steel who'd left or were leaving and a few other girls in the community who were like clubless for a bit so we did actually get a spot in the first year of what's now women's super league which was it sounded like a great idea at the time but it was actually it was like talk about a steep learning curve like totally totally new team going straight into a league of that standard was potentially in retrospect not the best decision ever mm. so that kind of took its toll and then by the time obviously i've sort of left the uni bubble had a chance to think about things doing two hours of driving two nights a week plus competing and then obviously like two hours of training on top of every two hours of driving so the hours got a bit stupid and feeling a bit more settled with stuff I moved back to sheriffs well moved officially to sheriffs so back to Nottingham but then just the community side that must have been to start the 18-19 season and I've been at sheriffs ever since wow um Pretty much you, you and sheriffs, even though you guys didn't start off together, you guys started at the same time and somehow you guys found your way towards each other. Yeah, it's quite funny, actually, because the, the guys that founded it um, are good friends and they handed it over recently to like a new committee members and stuff. And we were on a night out and um, the, so it was a couple that founded it and the guy was like, what if we start sheriffs? I started throwing these dates around and I was like, James, I'm like 90, 99.9% sure it had to be late 2013 or early 2014 because it was the only year I've ever been in Nottingham and not had my own car. I was like, so you've got you've got a nine-month window where it must have been. And like his um then partner was there, like, yeah, James, it was it was literally like December 2013. Why are we getting so confused? And he was there for like 20 minutes with like the whole club coming up to him being like, no, James, it was like, you know, December 2013, January 2014. He was like, you know, but I don't know, because it might have been this, it might have been that. We're just like, well, I'm just going to leave you to it. Like, everyone else knows. So safe yeah, to assume been... it was started with, over a drunken night then, if no one can recall. Oh, my God. If you think, I know when we were having the podcast episode, we made <laughs> some jokes were made about British drinking culture. Yeah. Man alive, like, the original <laughs> sheriff's crew 
terrified me like the amount they could drink um and they're really they're really good bunch really really good fun but like you knew if you're going on a night out like don't have plans for the entire weekend because if you're going out on a friday night with sheriffs like you might be all right for uni on monday but it's not a sure, it's not a sure thing <laughs> <laughs> so uh the original crew was more of a, a party house party animal type of crew i think i think that's fair to say i don't, I don't think they'd reject that either especially because so they they the guys that set it up had just left Derby Uni. So Derby's only a 40-minute drive away and they'd settled in Nottingham. So they were still like early 20s, really up for a night out. Um, Dave and Jordan, who you know from the neutral zone, like they were at Nottingham Trent. They've got a massive party culture as well, which isn't to say that Steel didn't. I think it's one of those ones where it's like... (laughs) We were like strong championship level drinkers, but like if you're trying to compete, compete with Olympians, like there's no contest. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, we've still got a good, we don't get out as much as we used to, especially with like everything that's been going on over the last few years, but they're a very enjoyable night out. Everyone's slowed down a little bit now because like we're not early 20s anymore. <laughs> Can't hack it. But, um, yeah, don't be saying that. Very, oh, wait a minute. I can still hack it. Don't get it twisted. All right, fine. I I can't hack it. I'll put my hands up. I'm an old fart and I can't hack it anymore. I'm I'm almost. I'll be 35 this year. I know I can still hack it. I'm gonna twist. (laughs) I salute you. I cannot. I can't deal with the hangovers anymore. The hangovers are a different thing, but I could teach you my trick uh, after we're done recording. Um, (laughs) Go for it. (laughs) So it's funny. You so see. I kind of get this vibe that Nottingham is like a party central, whether you're from Trent or from the other university, it seems like. I think, I think we just have a good, we like having fun. I think we've always, um, even when I wasn't a member of Sheriff's and was just sort of like on the periphery, joining them for training occasionally. First and foremost, it's always about being, about having a good time. And mm we they've been really lucky in that the caliber of player that like happens to be in nottingham slash we've attracted to sort of play for us or people have been sort of looking at moving around and be like oh actually like if there was something kind of been nottingham that'd be nice and i could play dodgeball with those guys we've always had a really close-knit group and a group who's primarily there like if i'm not coming if i'm coming to training and not at some point having a laugh that's not why I play for this club. Like we all want to do well. A lot of us are quite competitive. We play to a good standard, but I like regularly like doubled over wetting myself laughing at training. And that's why I keep training with these guys. Cause it's, it's good fun as well as being all the rest of it, like competitive and all that jazz. <laughs> so we kind of zoomed by your history, but I wanted to know what was your thought initially when you saw the game change from three ball to five ball? So I was um, I was quite lucky. I was right on the front end of it. Well, lucky, I suppose, subjective. So I'd started refereeing. <laughs> um, and me and Alex Nelson, who I know you spoke to, um, like is a really dear friend of mine. And we'd both been earmarked really early on as people who could referee the World Cup, especially because we definitely weren't good enough to get picked to play it. <laughs> so it was a dead safe bet. We'd be free to referee. Um so we had a look at the five ball rules sort of a good month it's not as if they came out years before the 
competition, which was in like March ish 2016. Yeah. But we were looking at them in a lot more detail than, than a lot of domestic clubs were earlier on, just because we had to, because we had to stand there and ref the bloody thing. Um, <laughs> so I was, I think, I understood it from an international perspective. Having put three years in to finally be able to throw a um, a three ball sized ball because the balls have got smaller as well, um, I was obviously a bit miffed that all that work was going to waste. And it's it is a real gear change. Like it was a huge shift. As a someone that's especially when I started out, my throw has been the sort of predominant part of my play style. The fact that it was more throwing heavy did appeal to me. Mm. Um, but it, it was a real learning curve. I think at the very, very start, I was probably just as negative as everyone else. But having seen the World Cup and like been like literally on the front line of it, reffing it, I was like, actually, this is a really good game. And you can't deny that it's much more watchable than three ball. Um, so I think I got on, got on the sort of hype train maybe earlier than some others. And then what was quite nice was my last my last ever captaining of the balls of steel women's firsts they ran a university five ball open um as the last event of that season basically closing out sort of the three ball era as it were and we mm. actually won that so that's my only trophy that i have with balls of steel it's literally in the room next to me still after all these years <laughs> but <laughs> i got off to a good start in five ball the first time i technically played it at a competition i won so <laughs> i was like you know what maybe this is okay <laughs> so i wanted to, i wanted to ask something and I, I always just like whenever i catch a word i never heard of before uh i just want to know what did you mean when you said you were miffed at the five ball rules oh miffed it's like sort of mildly Confused? annoyed oh okay all right mildly yeah, so, annoyed yeah so like if someone i don't know takes a sip of your drink you're a bit miffed so like you're yeah. not angry but you're just like oh yeah. why this drink could have been better. Uh, <laughs> got yeah. it. All right. I was just like, okay, I don't know if she's trying to sneak one in, but I just want to figure it out. Uh, you guys are trying to troll me. I've noticed this since like November. <laughs> Anytime I have like a UK guest or someone, like I feel like you guys are trying to sneak one in on me just to get it through. I get it. Nice try. Um, <laughs> so you, you got a uh, balls of steel uh, trophy. Yeah. So I have the, women's university five ball open trophy in the house which is quite nice it's also despite being a lot less prestigious it's also the biggest trophy we have between me and sam which i'd be lying if i said wasn't quite pleasing <laughs> it's your biggest uh bragging point yeah yeah it's like i mean i've won way fewer and there are way less prestigious things but i have the like largest by size trophy out of the two of us <laughs> So, so safe to assume that house as a whole is uh, very competitive. Yeah, we do quite well in not being that competitive, like against each other, which I think obviously helps that we're not competing for the same stuff. Mm. And we're at the same club now. We both coach there. So, but yeah, it's um, it's especially get to a point where, um, because I try and help coach Sam's, like Sam playing for the men's first, and he is head coach this year, so he's been helping out the women's ones and we both have to it's quite funny when we realize we're both sort of talking to each other in like our, like our professional coaching role whereas like if you take 
take a couple of steps back you're like hang on a minute as my boyfriend i don't like you saying that about how i'm playing but like as my coach i'll take it (laughs) (laughs) you're not allowed to tell me i'm crap you can tell me i'm crap as my coach kind of thing (laughs) but we do we do quite well we don't um very rarely come to like a row about it which is nice because it wouldn't work otherwise like we both spend far too much time talking about this sport to be too like touchy about it no, I get you. Uh, so you guys are more like competitive, trying to bring each the best out of each other, not like compete more so like who got the biggest trophy in what division or nothing like that. Yeah, definitely. And um, it's because Sam's been very sporty all his life, whereas it's all quite new to me. So I, I do feel genuinely that we're both very, um, very like there for, to raise each other up for each other's achievements and all that kind of stuff, which is really, really nice. Yeah, that, that is very nice. I mean, you can have a competitive household and it could be more empowering versus like border, you know, dare I say demeaning. And I don't, I don't think that's the case for you guys, obviously. Um, so obviously the pandemic kind of hit us hard, uh, but you guys started playing back in the summer. How, how have you felt as far as like your form coming back to the game? Uh it's not been too bad. We got so yeah, we've been really lucky compared to a lot of other places and I think we must have gone back to training July or August um last year and we haven't actually had to cancel. We there was a lot of um concern that they may have shut us down a lot harder over like the winter the winter months, but we mm. seem to have got away with it. Um we did actually make it back for like genuinely five training sessions or something in 2020 in early September. Then I was stupid. Then I like everyone was so pleased to be back and obviously great to be playing. But of course you haven't done, even though Sam and I have been to like the park to like lob a ball at each other a bit, it's not the same. Right. And so I do, I do have a competitive streak and I was like, I was warm. It's so stupid. I was warming up with one of the other girls like she was throwing really really well so because my stupid brain goes oh yeah like heather's throwing really well maybe you should throw a bit harder so basically tore something in my shoulder on like week two <laughs> like having not played for like the best part of a year i don't know how serious it was and i was just there like this is this is very not good so <laughs> was low-key injured for like the three weeks we were actually back at dodgeball then corona kicked off again everything got shut down but um i've been a lot ca- more careful coming back this time and it's not been it's not been too bad. My forms generally come back quite well. It's more because my like gym program, I haven't really managed to get back into the swing of since everything went south the first time. So that's now getting on for two years of not regularly strength training. Mm. I don't recover as well as I did pre-pandemic. Um, which is all totally in my power to fix because I could just go to the gym, but <laughs> we're working on it put it that way <laughs> Fair um, enough. yeah so it's not it's not been too bad and it's been really amazing to see the whole like getting back to national league generally the community has bounced back really well like we were all really worried that like the standard just across the board would take a real hit but it doesn't it doesn't seem to everyone's come back i think people are so hungry for it as well like a lot of people have spent the entire pandemic working out which is just slightly terrifying um especially in the men's like people turning up just absolutely ripped and you're just like oh my god <laughs> i spent the entire pandemic 
eating chocolate and these guys have just been <laughs> pumping iron and like going on marathon runs it's like men's super league is now absolutely terrifying um <laughs> but yeah no power power to him people have like come back with a vengeance which is really really good to see yeah it definitely is um vengeance is sweet as i say um so I want to touch on your uh, international career. Um, when was your first time debuting for, was it Wales, right? Yeah, so I coached for Wales. Um, so I'm now officially the Wales women's coach. Oh, wow. But um, that's all Sam's fault as well. Because, <laughs> it's he, his fault? Well, because he, he is, <laughs> we say Welsh enough. Um, so to be as it is everywhere if you have a grandparent of said nationality you can represent them like internationally for sport which is the same across all most major sports so sam despite having never lived in wales his grandmother was born there so it came up he'd only been playing like 18 months and then wales put it out like an open call for interested people it turned out sam was eligible and he was like well that sounds like like good fun um, so I drove, I drove him down. He was horrendously hungover. Um, he plays brilliantly when he's hungover. It's so annoying. Um, what? So yeah, literally, I don't understand how it works. But he's really good hungover. Um, so yeah, so he got into the Wales squad, twenty sixteen, and for a number of reasons, like my my family holidays, a job I had. The first opportunity I actually had to go and see him play was um, for the Lignano Euros when we were in Italy in 2018. Yeah. And I felt a bit bad, clearly, like, because it's really cool that he's been playing international and I hadn't been, so I felt like a bad girlfriend. Um, <laughs> so I said, like, well, here I am, like, got nothing else to do. And I do a bit, and I'd, and I'd done coaching at domestic level. And it's it's a very small setup at Wales. Like, it's um, it's, we've got a lot of growing to do eventually. So I just said to him, um, I'm happy to come to training. Like, if that would be helpful, like, if you just want someone to, like, run around, put balls back in, referee it even, because I was still doing quite a lot of refereeing then. Do you want to ask if that would be helpful? And he was like, I'm sure it will be, because the coaching team at that point was, I think, three people, if that. Mm-hmm. So they were like, oh, yeah, no, come down. And actually, Spike, um, so Robin Allison, is um, – I is an old Balls of Steel alumni, alumnus. So mm. we knew him through university dodgeball and he was running it. So as soon as Sam said, oh, Catherine wants to come down, he knew who I was and he was like, yeah, sod it, like, the more the merrier. So I turned up um, to training with Wales in the run-ups to 2018 and it was Karen Pickering, because you know Straubs, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, so his other half was the women's captain. And, like, Karen Pickering, like, I cannot understate what a, like, big deal she is in women's dodgeball. Like, she's an absolute legend. Of course. And I'd come up playing against her while she was at Birmingham. And so I was also low-key terrified of her because she's ridiculous. She's ridiculously good. And I'd never actually spoken to her, like, as a, as a person. Like, we just sort of, like, nodded and shook, shaken hands and stuff at the end of matches, but I never really chatted to her. And um, Amy was there, Amy Jones, who I knew from uni as well. But I went in just literally being sort of like, oh, like, whatever you want, like, I'll just run around, put balls in, like, do some refereeing. And then Karen was actually like, well, like, hang on a minute. She was like, you get the game. Like, you've been playing for a couple of years. Like, do you, can you be in the box for us? 
um, as in like in the coaching box during matches. I was like, yeah, whatever you want. Like I do that, do that all the time. Great. And by the time we got to Euros, I was basically, I wasn't doing a selection or anything, obviously, but I was, I was Karen's person in the box, like with the time. And they only took six to Euros that year. So it was no substitutions to do. It was absolutely amazing. Yeah. But we went from sort of me being their friend, like who'd just been around to by like day three of Euros, suddenly it's the seven of us all figuring it out together. Like, and they'd really put so much trust in me to tell them how the game was going and what they should be doing and to come up with tactical things to try and help. It was really amazing. I don't know, don't think they really know how much that meant to me, like as someone who respected all of them so much as players to have that trust. So I stayed on. So I did, I officially became a coach. So we did the 2019 Euros in Newcastle, which where we came fourth, which was completely ridiculous. They hmm. played so well. And then obviously life happened. So we're just getting back. We ran our first trial. We ran trials. Not weekend just gone, weekend before. Yeah, two weeks um, ago. Yeah, just had a huge yeah, turnout. Yeah, two weeks ago. Yeah, so we had our biggest turnout yet, which was great. Um, had some girls that I didn't even know come down, which in such a small community is like a bit of a feat, to be honest, at this point. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so I'm I'm locked in. We're heading to the Netherlands in July. Yeah. So I'm lo- locked in to go and do that with them. And yeah, really looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be quite an experience for sure. Um... Yeah, because you're planning to come over, aren't you? Yeah, uh, it'll be a bit after my birthday. So, yeah, it'll be a birthday present for myself. Yeah, have you have you been to Euros before? No, but I've stayed up till 4, 5, 6 a.m. watching them for the past yeah. 10 years, it seems like. So it'll be an interesting experience. Oh, yeah, you're, you're going to have such a good time. That like, <laughs> obviously, the Pete, like, the whales, the coaching, the dodgeball, but, like, the atmosphere is unreal. It's two of the, the best weekends of my life, like the two years I've been to with Wales. It's really good fun. <laughs> it's it's going to be fun to see all the people that not only I get to watch, but all the people I've already interviewed. And just yeah, playing yeah, be like, that's, that's the trippy them, part about it. And her. Yeah. I'm like, I interviewed half of that team. I got yeah. this team for season six. I got this yeah. team right now. Half of Wales already covered pretty much. Most yeah, of England. <laughs> it's just going to be an interesting perspective as a player and a content creator that, uh, yeah, wow, there's a lot of people here that I've, you know have on my list or have already gone through already. So it'd be cool to see. Um, so we'll, you, you said that uh, them trusting you that 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 meant a lot to you. Yeah, I think it's been. I actually like because I'm really vain. I listened back to the coaching episode, which must have been the first time we talked when you had me and Aiden on, um, right. just to see like if I'd said anything too terrible. <laughs> and what we talked about and I talked yeah spoke a lot about that about him sort of there is the confidence personally that I feel that like, like dodgeball in general but I think coaching and refereeing in particular have given me as a as a person and I think it's I still like I was quite shy as like a really small child and like for a number of reasons just basically decided I had to get over it and get on with my life but I think it's really natural that still when you're in these communities how people feel about you in that community matters a lot to you but obviously you don't go around being like oh my god you like me um <laughs> trying to work it out so you just you've just got to have like i mean you've got to have some basic self-confidence that people don't just think you're a complete dweeb 
Um, but there are so many people on that Welsh team, especially that year when we were in um, Lugana, like So obviously Karen, Katie Warwick, who was also there, she was a real, like she'd been at Birmingham with Karen. She, she was one of those people where when I used to rock up at Balls of Steel and you see them on a team, you just be like, oh God, why? Like, do we have to play them? <laughs> we're just going to like, like, we, we can't do anything. Like they catch everything we throw. They hit us every time they throw at us. Like, toss a coin call it eight nil let's go home sort of thing <laughs> um yeah and then amy jones like sh- we overlapped for a year i think at balls of steel and she's she was like you you walked into a room and everyone be like that's amy when she throws it just like i don't know lie down like because she has especially in the men's like with the old three ball she was like unmatched her throwing power is unreal and she's still dead good with five ball um so yeah, to have all these people that I definitely regarded as like not quite my elders, but you know what I mean. They they were people that yeah. I've been looking up to as a as a less experienced player. Suddenly turn around to you and be like, so like they would be like, right, Catherine, what do we do? Um, and you're just kind of like, oh, right, cool, yeah, we should definitely do this thing. <laughs> <laughs> Moments but, you yeah, forgot yeah. you were a coach, and now you're a fan. Yeah, and and to see them to see them play and yeah just it was a real it's sort of like it was one of those things where the fact that they were they obviously looked at me and were like great she deserves to be here we'll listen to her made me be like oh yeah cool i like people obviously think that i do know what i'm doing because they're prepared to listen to me because they're also not the kind of people to suffer fools gladly if you see what i mean if they had if they thought i was talking rubbish they wouldn't have asked me to step up as much as they did exactly that was the point i was going to get at um <laughs> as starstruck as you might have been i mean the fact that they asked you to to be yeah. in that position shows that you were already validated just simply with that question yeah so no it's 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 been really good and then of course we've sort of like it's gone a bit full circle and obviously elisa's in that mix like um she's a lot of fun but now the the women who are Wales have changed slightly so and of course i've been there a bit longer so now it is more people come in sort of automatically looking looking to me as the coach, which is quite an interesting sort of shift in dynamic. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but then of course people are like legitimately a little bit younger than me as well now, which is sad, whereas it didn't used to be quite that stark. <laughs> hey, 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 we're not doing the age jokes. We're not old. Sorry, not I forgot. Old. Yeah. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. I'm not cutting it in post, but it's all right. Um, so you said you you didn't play sports growing up, so yet dodgeball was pretty much the only thing you did. Yeah, so because um, I also just I'm gonna just sound like some sort of weird stalker fan. I listened to Charlotte's Josiah's episode as well. Because um, yeah, talk about living legends. Like God, if you can work yeah. out anything that Charlotte Josiah does, you might as well do that because it clearly doesn't do her any harm. Um, yeah, so I listened to Charlotte's episode because I was really curious to see what you guys chatted about and it's really interesting listening to someone obviously with such a strong sporting background come through because my perception at least growing up like when especially growing up as a young girl is that like there's sporty girls and there's everyone else and I suppose it's mainly an aesthetic thing when you think about it in any kind of detail in that I've never looked sporty like I'm tall, but I'm like, I've never been gangly. I've just been kind of like big, if you see what I mean, like a, like a normal person sized up a little bit. Um, right. And 
I'm very clumsy. Um, so especially when I was much younger, like I'd trip over my own feet. My, my primary school was very competitive and really pushed sport but in the kind of really unhelpful way where if you showed any kind of promise, they'd like take you off and like you'd be on the teams. And if you didn't, you just kind of got like, oh yeah, cool. And then you guys go and be on this team and just, you know, sort yourselves out. Like you'll be fine. So you didn't learn very much. I mean, I played netball because I don't think you can grow up in this country as a woman and not play netball. And I quite liked it. And I was quite tall. So I got on the um, pri- my primary school's second team, basically because I was head, short, <laughs> head taller than everyone else. So um, they put me in goalkeeper and I just waved my arms around. And like that was enough to occasionally deter someone from scoring. And then when I went to secondary school, it was I went to quite an academic secondary school, so the focus was very much on like your academic subject. That's my friend's favorite me, uh, trivia fact about me. I did actually do some dance when I was at secondary school. I actually have like so we do GCSEs when we're sixteen over here. I have an A in GCSE dance, which can now be everyone's favorite random fact about me. Um, <laughs> but like I'm sure it is in the States, normally if you're a dancer as a kid, like you started at age five, you do like six different disciplines. You can you can do handstands, like you're absolutely amazing. Whereas right. I literally went to the open day of secondary school. They did like a demo with the dance club. And I was like, oh, cool. I've never done that. That seems quite cool. So when I say I dance, I dance for an hour a week between the ages of 11. And then, I, yeah, when I was doing, when we were doing our exams, I suppose I was dancing like four hours a week. But I've done, yeah, like less than a year's dance in my entire life, if you add it all up together. So I'm not a dancer by any stretch. Um <laughs> But I enjoyed it. And I think that's actually where the coaching comes from as well. Because I ended up running by the time I was in like, um, by the time I was 17, 18, I was running the dance club for the younger years because it was always an older student that did that. And me and my mate did that. That was quite good fun. Um, Yeah, I had a year out before university where I think I went on a treadmill twice. So, you know, plenty of exercise then. Yes, I got to uni. It was basically like, Jesus woman, you really need... (laughs) (laughs) to to probably do some exercise and I wanted to play ultimate frisbee um I don't there's they play that in the states I think yeah Um, that's pretty much where it came from yeah exactly so (laughs) and ultimate frisbee so we have these big like freshers fairs um so when you're in in your first weeks at uni they set up all the like extracurricular activities all have like a stall in like your gym and you go to the gym and you just walk around. And everyone yells at you, being like, "Oh my god, do polo? Do you like fly fishing? Do whatever." Um, <laughs> I don't know if we actually have fly fishing. We definitely have. We, have, we do, we do. I'm just surprised you guys do, but okay. <laughs> yeah, and so I went to find Ultimate Frisbee, and dodgeball were next door. And I literally—that's literally the only reason I play dodgeball—is that I got chatting to the guy behind the desk. And he was like, he had that year, their little like flyer, they handed out these business cards where the background was like a picture of a pile of wrenches. And because I'd never seen the film, I didn't click with the reference for like six months. <laughs> that long? <laughs> yeah, no, because someone bought me the film um, as like a secret Santa present that Christmas. And then I watched it and then I was like, oh my God, wrenches. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's why that's funny. <sighs> so... So yeah, so I was like, oh yeah, fine. I'll come to I'll come to Dodgeball Tasters. It just so happened that because they've been standing together for an entire week, Ultimate Frisbee Committee and Dodgeball Committee did a swap that year as well. 
So I went to the ultimate, ta ultimate Frisbee taster first. I had not realized it's played on a soccer pitch. So like Catherine, mm -hmm. I've been on a treadmill twice in the past year. That did not end well. Um, <laughs> me and my flatmate were like basically being one person at one point. So we do like two laps of the pitch and then like tag out for each other because <laughs> um, we were so unfit. Um, <laughs> but the guys who've been on the stool like came down came down to Ulmer Frisbee, they were super friendly. And they were like, oh yeah, no, so you've got to come to Dodgeball Taster now, right? So I did, and the um, founder of the club hit me in the face on my first day, um, <laughs> and then apologized. And then I had to go back, because I had to prove I wasn't scared. <laughs> and here we are, eight years later. Nine. Nine, yeah, nine years later. Cheers, mate. <laughs> So, um, all right. So you literally went six months without watching the film at all. Didn't get the reference, and somebody decided to curse you by giving you the film. Yeah, so I'm not even sure I knew there was a film. To be brutally honest, when I started playing, yeah. I Life think was maybe that way. yeah. <laughs> um, I think maybe it came up on like socials and stuff. And yeah, so I lived in like self-catered flats, so it was like a block of flats and. And there were like, I don't know, 30 of us in split off into six flats of five people. And we all got on really well. So um, I was the only one playing dodgeball. And it became like a running joke in that where's Catherine Elshie's at dodgeball? Because I was obsessed. Like, I loved it. The people were like, I loved the people first and foremost. So I just kept going. Then obviously, I, and then eventually I got really into like the sport as well. It took, that took a bit longer. Um, but yeah, so we decided to do like a big secret Santa throughout our entire flat. And like, basically it was, cause of course we'd only known each other like two months. It was the only thing this guy knew about me was the fact that I liked dodgeball. So he bought me the dodgeball film on DVD and a box of chocolates, which to be fair, absolutely nailed it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was funny having come to the sport first and then watch the film. It was kind of like watching the film being like, bits of this are quite funny, but also I can see why everyone's so annoyed. <laughs> thank you um you definitely get the point uh yeah yeah, the, yeah that's all i gotta say it, it was good for what it was but it you, know, you can't deny its cheesiness so um i wanted to ask you uh did you have any role models growing up and did you have any role models in uh, dodgeball yeah so I, I i'm i feel like this is becoming a more common answer not really growing up um i would say that i think my my family especially on my mum's side is really close so we definitely had a strong sort of identity and like there were very clear expectations like you were polite like sort of you do things for each other all that kind of stuff so I think I had a strong like I don't know moral basis whatever you want to say just from mm. how I was raised in my family and stuff like that but <laughs> the only real personality trait I had as a small child was I desperately wanted to be a vet like a veterinarian um, mm. I decided that at like age five and that was literally my entire focus until I was 19 and failed to get into vet school um, so and there weren't female vets I mean there were barely male vets in sort of the public eye um, I don't know if you've ever heard of James Herriot he, he's probably the most famous vet in the UK but he literally practiced in the 1950s so I read all his books but that was basically it um in terms of people that I wanted to be like because it was the only thing I was that was what I wanted to do mm. so I didn't sort of like bother looking around for them if you see what I mean no, that's um, fair. 
but certainly um in the sport it's it's i think it's quite a weird thing to say that your friends are your role models just because it i think it ends up sounding slightly stalkery um not necessarily um not necessarily but um emily walker who i know has come up on and you've had her on i think as well um talking about foam yeah so she's um her and alex nelson are two of my best friends on this planet but (laughs) emily and i started at nottingham in the same year she was literally the first friend i made at university even though she was doing a master's and i was an undergrad so but because of we're she's only a year older than me because of me taking a year out so we just clicked straight off the bat um and have been like really good friends ever since but she (laughs) there was so much like hype about her coming to nottingham because she just joined the england squad when she came to us so it's literally like oh, wow. someone mentioned her name and and literally the, the it's still a running joke. You go, oh, she's England, you know, like because it was she's it England was thing um, that she was part of the England squad. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I've always massively it's one of the biggest like I could get really emotional about it, but I feel very lucky to have a friend who I I have been able to learn so much from in this sport that i love and we both love but yeah she's been so like she was my captain for a year maybe two yeah just for a year um yeah i look up to her massively um i mean generally because she's my friend but also specifically in terms of dodgeball because she's like an absolute force of nature she's brilliant um so she's probably been my main role model in the sport if you see what i mean yeah Okay. Um, this is a new question uh, I wanted to start asking people. So we already asked who your role models are, but who are your rivals on the court? Who is that one woman or team that when you see on the on a fixture, you know you're going to have to bring your A game? Yeah, um, I quite like this one. So it certainly used to be um, University of Nottingham, University of Birmingham. We're only about an hour away geographically. Um that's a long-standing rivalry um especially among the men the problem with it being a rivalry in the women is that like they could literally beat us blindfolded um (laughs) (laughs) so or at least when i was playing that was definitely the case i think i've maybe taken six sets off birmingham in my entire career something really depressing like that (laughs) um like that's playing them like every year for three years um so I remember it was one of the reasons why like the whole Karen Pickering thing was quite funny at Wales in that I remember bringing it up like potentially like one of the evenings when we were in um <laughs> when we were in Italy <laughs> being like oh yeah no and like Steel and Birmingham always had a bit of a rivalry and of course because they she was like oh really like I'd never really noticed because of course they just didn't worry about us they were so much better than us <laughs> like it wasn't Wait, a she went to the other school yeah she went to she was at Birmingham <laughs> um, yeah so it just never like we were literally like a blip on their radar and like we were literally there being like oh, oh my god Birmingham like we have to do something like we had nothing it was, <laughs> it was so bad okay um, how about in the uh, in British dodgeball who would you say is your, your rival whether it's an individual woman or a team who would that so be on now, that side? yeah sadly I, I, Emily is not my rival because she is my best and she beats me every time um, mm. Another great friend of mine who I came up with at Steel is a girl called Holly Gedling. Um, so she played for us up until pre-pandemic and she's just gone to play for Spartans. 
so um we've always had the relationship where like it's like loving abuse so if we're <laughs> playing on if we're playing on the same team like us to everyone else be like, oh yeah no that was great really good decisions like just do like next time just commit you'll get it and then so like someone will have i don't know tripped over their own foot and like fallen out of court and we'll be like oh no that's fine like you know you just keep switched on you'll be absolutely great and then like one of us will like try and take a triple catch and because we need to save the day and like clearly not fail and we'll just turn to each other and be like what on earth with that like what are you doing <laughs> like i'm trying really hard not to swear but normally they'd be swearing yeah fair enough thank you um (laughs) yeah but that's and yeah and it goes it completely goes both ways but like there's genuinely been matches where people have like asked like is the other one okay because of something that like one of us just laid into each other like on court and it's always done with a smile as well so we know we're joking but ever so occasionally but... someone gets really worried for us <laughs> be like, are you okay like, she was really mean to you um but yeah she's just moved clubs and i haven't played her yet because we've both been injured when we've been playing each other when our teams have been playing each other mm. so i should be playing her on saturday actually and she is better than me i have to put my hands up and say that like skill for skill she should totally have me but i'd be absolutely lying if i don't want to take chunks out say so, yeah, i don't want to take chunks out of her. <laughs> <laughs> so when this episode airs it'll be on friday by the time everyone's listening so the day after that's when you guys are going to square off yeah i think yeah we've got spartans and valkyries next league so yeah hopefully i'll be playing holly on saturday um Oh god, she's gonna murder me. <laughs> is she? Is she gonna murder you on the court for what you said, or you just know it's coming? Oh no, she's she's just gonna go like, oh, you wanted to hit me, did you? Like she's gonna stick <laughs> on me all day. <laughs> oh man, this is gonna be the worst thing. The worst part about this podcast is that everyone's gonna hear it. So you yeah, know, on the road up to St George's Park, anyone who's listened, yeah, they're all just gonna be like, oh, you're gonna take Holly down, are you? And I'm just gonna, like, oh Christ. Oh, what's your last name? Gedling. Uh, Gedling? Yeah. Okay, cool. Because I'm going to tag her when this thing comes on for no reason <laughs> other than just to listen to this. Oh, she she knows. She'll be expecting <laughs> some sort of dig to come out of this. <laughs> Fair enough. Alright, so um, did you do you have a pregame ritual before you play or before you coach or um, roughing? Like, cause you, you handle a lot of, like, you, you do multiple multiple roles so do you have like one ritual for each or is it the Um, same thing you do i'd love to say it was more complicated than this but normally it's try and make sure you've got the right top on Um, because sometimes i'm refing coaching and playing all in the same day okay so you you really don't want to turn up to like so when we're coaching we're supposed to be in a different kit to our club kit so that we don't look like a sub for the team okay um so I often have three different t-shirts with me because I've got my refing top, my playing top, and then I don't know whatever fell out the cupboard, like to coach in. So, um, but I have been known to like realize that I'm refereeing, realize that I'm refereeing sheriffs, and then just put my sheriff's top up on, on inside out to try and make it look like I'm impartial. Um, so if it's like if it's serious, like, and I've got a, a minute, I do quite a lot of sort of like just take a minute focus control your breathing make sure that i get at least like the five minutes when we're just like jogging up and down throwing balls between each other to like really zone in and make sure that 
whatever I'm doing, like be it coaching or refereeing, I'm focusing on that thing because league days tend to be like super hectic over here. So it's important. And especially like, I still feel really, um, really lucky to be playing on a team that's as good as the team that I get to play on with the Sheriff's Ladies first. So I owe that my respect and like I owe my captain my respect. And part of that is taking time to put down whatever I was doing beforehand and make sure that I'm like, right, even though five minutes ago, me and Sam were trying to like set all the GoPros up, record everything. I was throwing ice packs at one of the men's seconds because he's like stubbed his toe. Like, I know I'm going to have to go and referee in 45 minutes, but right now we're playing dodgeball. You've got a job to do. What does Megan need you to do? What do you need to warm up? I'd love to say I played music, but I'm not organized enough to not lose my headphones. So I don't play music. <laughs> that, yeah, that would have been my next one. Okay, so if you're organized enough, what, what would you put on? Um, this is going to sound like such a tourist. Do you like dubstep? Have you listened to much dubstep? Uh, yeah, I do. Occasionally. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm quite like drum and bass. So anything by Chase and Status. Uh, there's a band called Nero who, back in the day, where I used to actually buy albums off iTunes. Um, <laughs> they've got, a, like, there's an album of theirs that I literally know beat for beat. Um, so I'd probably, and some of that's really good, like, electro, get the blood going stuff. There's an album called Welcome Reality. So it'd probably be like, it would be dance music for sure. Probably mm. drum and bass. Um, maybe rap like I get why people use rap a lot um, but yeah electronic dance music for me just to sound like a total millennial yeah I mean yeah I'm not gonna save you from that you definitely do uh, but you always lose your headphones oh I always lose everything like it's a running joke and <laughs> like if I've managed to keep if you suddenly see me like if you're coming to play foam there'll be a moment where you'll just see me as a spectator just suddenly straighten up like a meerkat and start looking around. And it's because I've lost my water bottle again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that that kind of surprises me because not not for nothing, I always pegged you to be more the organized uh, member of the group of the neutral zone. But you're telling me that that's not the case. Um, Sam is the detail-oriented one. No, but I mean, so, okay, so- detail-oriented, but or, I mean organized, like you know where everything is. You know where the, you know, if let's it say does, if it's not if it's not mine, yes. Like so, oh, yeah. stuff for the club. Like I'll know where the ice packs are. I'll know where the cameras are. I know yeah. where the batteries are. Oh no, it's just my stuff. Like my stuff doesn't matter. Like I'll, yeah. I'll find it later. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I find that you're also in an admin role for your club. What as well? So I'm thinking you have to be yeah, probably the no, most I'm organized not. of the bunch. But your organization is. Re- relative to other people's stuff and priorities not so much your own yeah basically if it's not <laughs> if it's part of a role I'd, I, I'd be professional in having a role so yeah I know what's happening with all the sheriff's gear like left to my own devices I am and like feel free to um, invite Sam to rip me for this when you have him on I can oh, be sure. quite scatty so, like, I'm forever going around the house being like, oh, my God, they were in my hand. And you just see Sam, like, put his head in his hands, like, what was in your hand, Catherine? And then I've forgotten what was in my hand. <laughs> so, so he gets, finds that really, really, really irritating, as you can imagine. Um, oh, more I, so I funny, not so much 
yeah so i only temporarily misplace things normally like i will find it again it's just more i'm always because i'm always wearing like two or three hats we stop playing would you like the match debrief and then i'm immediately like right what am i doing next am i refing next am i coaching next am i actually just like sitting on my ass eating food next but <laughs> often i've walked off to go and start doing the next thing and then i'm like except i need my water bottle i need my like <laughs> i need my like deodorant i need all the things that were over there when i was doing the other thing so i'm endlessly running cross courts where they're warming up being like sorry just going to get like the three bits that i've left over there normally yeah. now one of my teammates picks them up for me which is super kind of them because they know what i'm like they know you're scatterbrained yeah <laughs> yeah it is it, that is also when i don't know you probably don't have miranda there's like a bbc comedy um called miranda about this basically really ditzy woman um who has a very middle class accent and when i was working in my gap year like that was my nickname at the very practice miranda because i yeah because i was really clumsy it will make it will make sense to british people who are listening to this um because i was really clumsy <laughs> and quite middle class um so they just call me Miranda. So if we don't know you by Catherine, we'll call you Miranda going forward. <laughs> yeah, Is that yeah, going to be your yeah. unofficial middle name? Yeah. Well, hilariously, <laughs> my middle name is Grace. And I'm like, yeah, the second least graceful person you've ever met. <laughs> I'm like the irony of the name choices. It, yeah. yeah. It, it could have it been Miranda and you would have been Maybe on brand. She, huh? Yeah. Uh, agree. <laughs> all right we're gonna get into some of these crowdsource questions uh hannah decides to throw in her trademark what are you most grateful for yeah um I, <laughs> I was waiting for this one as soon as you put it up uh i think you've had some really sweet answers to some of these and I, I was trying to i wanted to say dodgeball at one point i was like what an absolute cop out um <laughs> so i think i'd go slightly more like deep than that and I think Go especially after the like couple of years we've all had, like I'm really grateful for like my mental health being in like a fairly positive place at the moment. Um, I've had sort of everyone's had obviously a really rough last couple of years, and then for various reasons, the few years preceding that weren't necessarily the most straightforward, like in my life or my family's lives. And I've been very lucky with them, the support I've had. So that involves family, friends, health professionals. And coming out of the pandemic, hopefully, um, as we sort of start to pick life up again, I feel really grateful for the strategies and the support that I've been able to have. And dodgeball does play a part in that, in that ultimately for me, most of it is an escape. Like you put down the worries that you have about work, about real life in inverted commas, and to spend time with a community of people that I enjoy being part of so much. So yeah i'm really grateful to be at a point where i feel like i have some resilience and lots of people and things have played into that you definitely you definitely do you have a solid support system and we only want to see you um we only want to see everything get better from here so that's actually a really solid answer cheers no. i was quite pleased yeah. with it yeah no, i mean it was deep but it was honest and it was you so it's all good to ask for so I, I chimed in because the past couple episodes, um, I would throw in the question before she would. So I said to her, okay, I gave you a head start on putting that question out. Now, 
we're going to get to the next question. Least favorite UK dodgeball team and why? Oh, damn it. I'd forgotten about this one. I was worrying about one of the other ones. Um, yeah, this... I can only... I can only assume this has been asked with a view of getting me absolutely murdered. Um, oh, so she's not trying to get you murdered. No, she wants a laugh. That's what she wants. She wants a <laughs> laugh. If it was someone else, I'd be like, yeah, they want you gone. Yeah, so... Uh, I think I'm going to say Bedford Mighty Eagles women only because they are so good and I can't do anything about it. And I've been losing to them for eight years now. Charlotte's team? Josiah's Charlotte's team? team. They are <laughs> gods amongst women. Um, I have never been hum Like, there's getting beat and there's getting humbled. And I've been humbled by them so many times in my career, <laughs> which, has which has taught me a lot. But, you know, if people want an answer there's a like there's a potentially less contentious one okay what about a more contentious one nah we're good <laughs> hey I, I i tried guys i tried um <laughs> all right her next question this is this is a little more of a fun one i guess uh if you could play on any other uk team which one would it be and why yes it'd probably fit, flip round the previous answer like i would be super curious to go and play not that they'd take me for bedford for a talk for a match or two just because like they're so slick like it all works on like knowing each other so well and their confidence like and we've i've been able to experience a bit of it playing with the sheriffs like because we've been quite successful in recent seasons but the problem with bedford is like there can be one of them left on court and they're all so chill like they're just like oh yeah she'll sort it out and you're just like, but there's six of us and one of her. And they're like, yeah, she'll sort it out, though. And then lo and behold, a minute later, it's six of them on one of you. And you're like, oh, for crying out loud, how did this happen again? Um, <laughs> so I'd be super curious to go and play with them. I think going over to play, going over to Northern Ireland and having a crack with the um, with the Northern Irish lot would be pretty cool as well. Go and play Ballyhackamore with Hannah for a bit. They seem like a really nice bunch. We got to go and play. Wales had a friendly weekend against Northern Ireland like genuinely a month before lockdown and um yeah mm. that was that was really really good fun had a great time so to flip it you would go and join uh, bedford eagles just for a little bit or equally they'd be, sick, they, they'd be sick of me after like 10 minutes so like you think so i don't i don't i don't think i like i don't think i measure up i'm not good enough they'd be like they'd be hard carrying me the entire way through <laughs> well because the way I would see it turn out, um, I would see it, and this is just me kind of playing, you know, playing around with the answer in my head. I would feel like you would do well in training, but what they would want, and again, this is just me spitballing here. Um, I think they would want you in this alternative reality to coach for them, even though Charlotte's yeah, been their coach what, what and I player could, for a while. What I, yeah, what I could offer Charlotte Desire remains to be remains a subject of debate but no i think i think to be honest like it, what's been really nice about the wales experience is i do think like i do get the impression that people do value my opinion as a coach so yeah most it's considering especially like ultimately the i've known a lot of the women playing in the english leagues for a number of years now most people respect the fact that I do know like my ass from my elbow 
like when it comes to tactical stuff whether i can pull it off on court is, as you say is a completely different question well um, yeah and i think that's something yeah, so, that so, they would have to take few, into consideration like, yeah a they, few they would probably put you there i could yell the time for them i think i'd be quite good at that congratulate them on winning <laughs> okay um before we go to this next question, I, I want to dive into this just a little bit. So I, I had, um, of course, we mentioned Charlotte uh, last month or last year, however you want to look at it. And obviously she laid, you know, the history of how dominant they were. But I want to know from your perspective, having played against them, having watched them, what is it about them that puts them on the pantheon of great, not just women's teams, but great teams in, in the U.K.? Like, what is it about them that, other so than the so results, what, yeah. what is it that you, you feel when you when you see them? And what is it like? Is it, is it like watching Michael Jordan and the Bulls in the 90s? Is it like watching old Manchester United with Ronaldo, Tevez, and, and Wayne Rooney back in the day? Like, are they, the, are they just on that pantheon where in this decade, that's what they were? I'm on a bad day. It's like watching a pack of lions take down a gazelle. Like <laughs> they, they are like the problem with Bedford, and it's this season. Like for anyone who's listened to obviously both yours and then either either our podcast or um, is at English League. This is the most hotly contested English Women's League ever. The one we're playing currently. Mm. Um, so the the one that got cut off due to the pandemic just to like honk our own horn sheriffs won we won we won the league we won that is past sorry i'm just having a brain malfunction yeah we <laughs> won the league that ended due to covid before that six years on the trot more yeah had they ever six lost years. it yeah it was always bedford and there was no question it would be bedford because if you're gonna say one thing about them they are horrifically consistent and that i think to be fair is one of the is was the only thing that gave us a foot in the door the season before they just had a few a few injuries a few little things where just the really high level stuff didn't click in quite the same way and in on sort of like the mirror of it was sheriffs and a couple of other teams who were hot on our heels just really were clicking um, the beginning of the 2019-2020 season. But Bedford, uh, uh, when they're at their best, Bedford are completely unplayable. Because whatever you do, it doesn't matter. They can all catch. They've all got massive arms. Their court awareness is unreal. They don't make mistakes. So you do, And they're also, like I'm saying this with like air quotes, they're really lucky. But they're only really lucky because they're so good at what they do so you take like a cheeky pot shot at sarah because she happens to be halfway up court she's caught me between her legs like as in she's been in like a semi-squat i've thrown like trying to hit her ankles through the gap in her legs and she just bent down and caught it that's happened to me three or four times like normally you'd be like oh it was a terrible throw and i missed and whereas when it's bedford you're like and i'm out and they've got a player back in not that they were down to begin with like <laughs> That's what makes Bedford so difficult to play. And because they have a very settled team, they know each other inside out. So 
they don't worry about any of the like oh let's make sure we all all throw the call like let's all press up into the neutral zone that's all standard that's baked in so it's things like oh are you going to drop your ball and go for that catch and back the other ball up so that someone else can catch it like their self-confidence and their ability to play within their own skills they don't make those marginal errors that let you into a game against someone else that's what makes Mm. Bedford so ridiculous and no one else has managed to do that consistently there are other teams that will have better games like especially at the moment like if you got us on our hottest day and Bedford on a like slightly below average day we'd probably look like the better team but we can't do that every day whereas and they can't look like that every day yeah, whereas Bedford's consistent average is 20% better than anyone else's consistent average and is better than a lot of people's best. Mm. So I've had a tough time trying to find footage on this team. And just based on what you're telling me, they kind of remind me of, and you mentioned it earlier um, when you, you brought up my past interview, so we have a team in the United States that you kind of reference um, who have been playing since 2006. They're called Rise of Brutality. Um, they're, they've pretty much been dominant, you could say now two decades, uh, mid-2000s and 2000s teens and then going into this year. So with a team like uh, Rise, um, they, there's always this like intensity with them. They can all catch really well. They can all throw up really well. Their wits about them are very calm, but there's an element of like intimidation and violence when it comes to playing them. And I kind of get that same kind of vibe from uh, Charlotte and the Eagles there on that end. Yeah, there's certainly, there's no quarter. There's no mercy with Bedford. Like (laughs) if Bedford have got you on the ropes, like, some teams might be like, oh, yeah, no, we're, we're winning 20-0. Like, we'll just take our foot off the gas a bit. No. They don't like, do it. They you don't came, you, came to, you came to play. You're getting played. <laughs> Woohoo! I like that. That's going to be the new tagline for them. You, you came to play, now you're getting played. All right. Yeah. So, Charlotte, be sure to use that and thank me for it. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So, Hannah Catterall, funniest memory you had while roughing? I think Alex alluded to this. It's actually really hard to remember stuff that happens while you're refereeing. Okay. Um, just because so m- you're trying to process every individual instance and then you basically have to throw it out the back because the next thing's happened. Right. Um, what has been really funny, I unfortunately hurt myself um, just as we were going to have a couple of phone fixtures late summer over here, mm-hmm. last summer just gone. So I actually got to ref a bit of foam, which I've never done before. Um, and that is really funny because we're still at a point over here where I don't know, eight times out of ten, a couple of people looking really dangerous with those thrown ball throws. And then I think actually it might have been Emily. Just like so we have these like scoreboards like sat at the side, like at the midline. So she like got this great counter on, like she's got such a good play on her hands, like she's steaming down court, she's gonna take out this guy. And then she just like somehow <laughs> did this cross court throw and just annihilated the scoreboard on the other side of the court. Wait, what? <laughs> and then just sort of like looked at her hand, like, how have we got here? <laughs> like, cause she literally, 
like that scene in Mulan when Mu should be like, you missed her. How could you miss? There were six feet in front of you. <laughs> and like her ball's just like twelve foot away. It's gone off at a ninety degree angle. No one knows how. Like it's just great. And so yeah, so foam's really good fun at the minute because everyone's so new. Everyone's taking it with a really good attitude of just being like, oh Malie, we're here to figure this out. So people are playing it in a really good spirit. And stuff like the catch rule is slightly different. So in cloth ball, as soon as you're in control of a ball, if you're in the air or not in the air, you've made a catch. So you can catch and land out. Like you could do a diving catch like that. Whereas mm. obviously in foam, you need to get two feet on the floor. Yeah. Um, so silly things like people going for diving catches, then remembering that's not a thing. So then desperately trying to get like two body parts on court before they fall out of court because they've got way too much momentum to not fall out of court. <laughs> And just like you'll see, like there'll be some like ridiculousness when you come over for the foam open. But that's been that's been really good fun. I've had I used to ref a lot of uni league as well, and the atmosphere there tends to be really good. I like refing where like it's it's okay to laugh if someone does something stupid, because um, that's how I get my kicks. <laughs> as a referee, is <laughs> just laughing at people. Wow, um, that so so safe to assume. Just based on that comment, between you and Alex Nelson, you're the bully in the group because you 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 bullied her into roughing. You're laughing at oh, people's hilarious mistakes. Yeah, I mean, my defense is I laugh at myself more than anyone else. So if I do something okay. stupid, I'm at the front of the queue, like laughing like, at I, yourself. Yeah, laughing at myself. So it's a hundred percent acceptable for other people to laugh at me. And actually, if we're going to get onto like Emily's question later about the dodging, <laughs> we'll, we'll, get we'll get to that. We'll get to that coming up. Okay. Yeah, so I'll, I'll save that for later. Fair enough. Um, Alex Nelson in the thread. Follow up with how do you dislocate your finger when roughing? Hannah, um, I can't wait to hear the story. And semi spoiler alert: uh, Does this have to do with Zoe, uh, Zoe Wells? No, but I think she has done something similar. Um, so how do you dislocate your wall So are you squeamish? Because um, I'm very much not. Yeah, because sometimes no, no, when I tell okay. this story, if you don't like... Oh. Okay, yeah. If anyone listening to me doesn't like story about injuries, I would skip ahead a bit. Um, yeah, so we, me and Alex were refereeing a like, men's uni league meet like super like it's they're good fun but like bread and butter refing it's a nice level it's not too quick like it's not too angry like we're having a nice time um for whatever reason there was a there was a a buy like a one of the teams hadn't turned up so there was a my court was free for a match while alex's court was still running mm. so a load of the teams that weren't playing were like oh yeah cool we'll just have a chuck about on Catherine's court like obviously absolutely fine like don't interfere with alex's game like you crack on and of course, I like ultimately, I'd rather be playing than refing. So, of course. so I thought I'd um, like, oh, I'll have, I'll get involved with the chuck about, like especially like I knew some of the lads quite well by that stage because I've been refing them for like a year or two. So there I am, just like having a nice time, like throwing some balls backwards and forwards, and then one of the guys threw at me, and it was a bit low. So I was like, oh yeah, cool, I'll just like drop to my knees and make a catch. Um, I stood up, and the little finger on my uh, left hand is like pointing the wrong way. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so so it's one of those things I always think because it 
I'll get to it, but like my fingers dislocate in a slightly odd way. So it's not like those proper like cricket or softball ones where like it's literally all at the wrong angle. It's more subtle than that. Um, so I looked at it and it didn't hurt that much either. And I looked at it, I was like, that's not right. And then tried to bend it and it wouldn't bend properly. So then I tried to put it back in myself, which was stupid. Don't do that um, if this happens to you. Um, and then the guys were like, oh, like, Catherine's acting a bit weird. And they came over and they're like, oh, what's up? And I just held my hand up and one of them went fully went white. And I was like, yeah, cool. That's definitely not right then. <laughs> mm. um, so I was like, oh, my God, this is so embarrassing. Because um, I need to go to the emergency room. Like I need to go to A&E. Um, and get my finger put back in so i had to like go over to alex while she's refereeing a game like wait for the end of the set and they were reset and i was like alex and she was like oh god what i was like i need to go to hospital and then she's like why so i just showed her my hands she just rolled her eyes and was like yep <laughs> off you go we'll sort it <laughs> out because i had still got <laughs> matches to ref i still had like two matches to go on my court so i was literally like so unprofessional so one of my mates who was like, because actually Balls of Steel were at that tournament this after me and Alex had left. So one of the Balls of Steel guys ran me, luckily, 15 minutes down the road to the hospital, went to sat in A&E. And um, Alex and I have a, like, <laughs> we've been to A&E with each other quite a lot. So she was like, I'll be down, like, I'll come and pick you up and sit with you while you get treated. Like, I'll be down when the, when the day's done. And by the time she got down, like I'd been through like the triage bit. So I was just waiting to go and see, because um, over here, if it's not like a medical thing, you actually get seen by a specialist nurse if you go to A&E, which is quicker than going to a doctor, which is great. Mm. Um, so I don't know how much of the story you want. It does turn into like a full on Miranda sketch at points. It essentially <laughs> yeah, let's go for three it. Doc- oh, right. So from the top, go in and see the um, the nurse practitioner. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, that, that doesn't look great do you want an injection for the anesthetic or are you happy with like gas and air so i was like oh i've never had gas and air before let's give that a crack because um, <laughs> i'm not in much pain and like i quite I, I used to want to be a vet i quite find medical stuff quite interesting so i was just like this is cool um yes yeah, so they went off for the x-ray and then basically like and then clearly the next thing is like she's got to try and pop my finger back in so she give me the gas and air the gas and air is also leaking so her and alex are like getting like i don't know two-thirds of a dose as well as me so we're all a bit giggly um so i told you it gets stupid but she can't she couldn't get my finger back in um she was like oh okay right it's it's like quite jammed so um and obviously they don't want to pull it around too much because they're not sadists um she was like right i'm gonna have to get orthopedics um to come down and have a look so i was like all right fine so me and i sat there and like at this point as well um there's all this stuff like, oh my God, should I tell my mum? Like all this kind of stuff. I'm like, no, no, I sold that. We'll tell my mum when I'm fixed. And it'll be like a funny story of what Catherine did on Saturday night. Um, so orthopedics come down. So they're like the bone doctors. So um, she's like, oh yeah, no, fine. Like, do you want the injections? Like, oh no, to be fair, like gas and air's all right. Like we're all having a great time. Um, so that doctor tries to get my finger in and they also can't get it to pop back in. And now it's kind of like a little less funny. Because I was like, oh, it would be really great if like my finger was pointing the right way at this point, and we could go home. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, okay, and and like obviously the doctor and the nurse are like, mm, this is not great. So they were like, right, not to not to worry you, but if we can't get it back in, like you will have to come back and we'll have to ha- you'll have to have surgery, like to get it back in. And at which point I'm like, I cannot ring my mother, who at this point is like 
in the middle of my grandparents both being in and out of hospital like being seriously not well I was like I am not ringing my mother to tell her I'm having surgery on my little finger like (laughs) um, this is not good um like fingers crossed I suppose ironically like let's get some of that they're like right so we need to talk to the plastic surgeon because they're the people that would actually do the operation so we need to get the plastic surgeon to come down have a look make sure he's happy with what we've done so far and then if we can't do it I'm afraid like we'll book it will be tomorrow but we need to book you in for surgery and I was like "Mm -hmm, okay cool yeah let's like come on then get plastics in um so the plastic surgeon turns up and Jesus Christ he is like the the rocks better looking bigger younger brother he is like the most (laughs) muscular man I've ever seen in my entire life and so I'm literally just there like I will take the injection like gas and air is not going to cut this (laughs) like help um yeah so he was really nice so he comes over and he's just like literally the biggest man you've ever seen i was like oh my god if he can't do it it's gonna take like machinery um <laughs> to get this thing back in so yeah so long story short and he was like oh like are you all right with needles like, i'm not bothered about needles so, like, yeah so i'm gonna numb you up like we'll have the injection because it will like loosen the ligaments whatever and blah 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 and then so he managed to get it back in and of course, so the, so the he's in the room, the orthopedic surgeon's still in the room, and the nurse is still in the room, as is Alex, who's just finding the whole thing hilarious. Um, he finally pops it back in. And so the whole room's just kind of like, oh, thank God, like no surgery, she can go home. Like, great. And then, so he's like fiddling with my finger, like make sure it's all moving around all right. And um, starts discussing with the nurse and the other doctor, like how they should like strap it up. And um, they go through this discussion, then he suddenly just goes, I just don't know what she wants from me. And like the whole room just sort of went, what? And he's like, oh, my boss, like whatever I write up in the notes, I'm always wrong. Because I think we should strap it like this, but I'm really worried she's going to come in tomorrow and just be like, well, that was wrong. Why have you sent this woman home? Like with this kind of strapping when it should have been this. So because Alex and I are still slightly high off the um, laughing gas, I was like, I've got loads of tape at home. Like if you want, I'll discharge myself right now. Not your fault. I was unreasonable. <laughs> and the poor <laughs> nurse who's been sat with us for like two hours by this point is like, shut up you. I was like, yeah, right, fair enough. So anyway, the, um, they had to give like this pep talk about how they were going to strap my finger. And they strapped up and they sent me home. But um, yeah, so from that point on, I didn't go anywhere near a dodgeball without, because I'd strapped it up to play for years. That was the irony, um, because I think I broke it like seven years ago. Um, but yeah, so after that, I didn't go anywhere like refing, coaching. I I ref with my finger strapped because I'm like, I'm not dislocated <laughs> this again. <laughs> And that is actually what I was out for when I was talking about in the summer. I started playing touch rugby um, over lockdown because it's outside so you can play it. And then, yeah, I was playing that and um, managed to kick the rugby ball into my own hand and pop my finger back out again. So uh, that was me out for 12 weeks a couple of months ago. <laughs> so You just have yeah. a thing for getting injuries on your hands. It's that finger. That finger is like my Achilles heel. So now it's literally whenever I, see, whenever I go near sport now, it's strapped. Like, I'm just like, I cannot enter a space involving competitiveness without strapping my finger up. But yeah, that's how you... Um, and the way I did it, by the way, was punching myself in the leg, trying to catch that ball. Didn't even catch it. Um, Didn't even, oh, that, that, that should hurt worse. <laughs> At least if you would have broke it and caught it, then you'd have something to feel good about. Yeah, no, it was just complete idiocy from start to finish. Um, 
Yeah, there you go. So that's how you dislocate your finger while refereeing. I've never been allowed to get <laughs> that down. Yeah, and, and I'm not taking that out of post either. Um, so Clara, Katie, your ultimate – Jesus, this is going to be a lengthy one. Um, your ultimate dream team for men's, mixed, and women's. Yeah, so Clara will be pleased because um, she plays for Bedford Eagles, so I've just hyped her up massively. Um, yeah, she's also trying to get me into trouble. <laughs> so – I think it's I think this is generally like I understand why everyone asks it. Like it's obviously a conversation that you have quite a lot like among yeah. your dodgeball friends, isn't it? But I think it's really difficult dream teams because if if coaching like at Wales has taught me anything, so much of it is about the dynamic of the six people on court. Right. So you could be the six best people in the world, but if you hate each other's guts, you're not gonna play very well. Um yes so, or no. <laughs> best, yeah, yeah. I'm like, Unless you've got some sort of weird, like, love-hate thing going on, which just, like, makes you really good at dodgeball. Yeah. But I think a lot of it's about trust. Like, right. Or at least in my experience of five ball, I think you really need to trust the people you're on court with. And if you don't do that, for whatever reason, albeit just because you don't know each other very well, I think it's very hard to perform really well. Um. So I thought the best cop-out way of answering this would be to look at like the teams that are doing best in all those things and then like suggest some people you might want to sub in. <laughs> um, okay, so who do you want to so, sub in at the top of your current British table? Yeah, so Dream Team for Men's. I think I bang on about them on the podcast quite a lot. Um, Meteor's men are just like the most successful men's team currently still playing dodgeball. So there's a lot of guys, like Brett Koenig, Skinner, um, Henry Skinner, Nathan David's very good. Simon Jones is very good. So all of them, Joe Brown, Nathan Christopherson, um, Nick, they were all very, very good. Um, so you could just take them because clearly they're doing all right. Other people, I think, who play who are also very, very good. Um, I think Ryan Ryan Neal gets brought up a lot in these kind of conversations. He's maybe one of the best all-rounders we've got in the English game at the moment. Um, oh, so. he's, a, he's a very impressive player. Um, someone like Alex Harrison is clearly very skilled um, Alex Benbridge as much as it will just inflate his ego unnecessarily to mention him <laughs> um, yeah he'll get me at the weekend as well um, he like if you want to, like someone if you just want catching like shove Alex in there like you can catch for days similarly uh, Sam oh god Sam Mason who currently plays for Rangers is probably one of the best men's catchers I think he's playing at the moment and then if you wanted to get, like, just for a few homegrown talents, like, we've got a guy who plays Dan Evans, whose arm is just, like, genuinely makes grown men cry. Um, so he's just, and he's, like, he can throw, like, not only can he throw hard, his release can be really fast as well. So he just gets you. Like, and you don't even see him wind up, and it's really scary. <laughs> so I think, yeah, so there's, like, Tim Day has just gone to meet yours. That's a really good signing for them so I think that's some people I've mentioned in my men's sort of super squad for women's obviously you've got the Bedford girls <laughs> can't believe how much I've talked about Bedford the sheriff's <laughs> girls are going to kill me <laughs> um, yeah so, so you've got the so obviously Charlotte, Sarah Town Liv Morris um, they've got Immy Sharp who obviously you must have heard of because she's like the so, up and coming yeah. British dodgeballer She's like 10 years younger than me. It's crippling. Um, <laughs> yeah, she's brilliant. Um, who else is playing really well? We've got um, 
Brie Darcy, she's actually Canadian, um, like originally, she lived over here for ages. Um, she used to play softball growing up. I some people don't see it. She doesn't her throw is I personally think it's unlike anything else we've got going on in the women's leagues. She's got that real like whip of her spine that I think you mm. only really get from training like that bowling style. Yeah. Or like pitching. And I, I don't think I could do that without breaking my own neck. So I always find that very <laughs> upsetting. Um Emily Walker seeing as she's had a few shout outs on here, she's still like she's still at the top of that curve like she's a she's an like like ryan neal style she's a fantastic all-rounder um there are a lot of women who like i could wax eloquent beth redmond i think one of the potentially easiest to overlook and i was definitely in that camp of not quite getting why she's so special but she looks like she's doing nothing and then you suddenly realize that beth has caught two of you and hit two of you and now there's only you left and it was all beth redmond's fault She's like, mm-hmm. she's quite, she's very small, like compact player, but she's lethal. Um, and she's another one that she doesn't really make mistakes. Like, and then just a load of stuff happens. You're like, oh my God, we've got Beth Redmond again. So yeah, there's a few people to chuck in for your women's. There'll be some glaring omissions who are now going to try and hurt me at league, but that's fine. And then mixed, I I find mixed really difficult. It's not something I've ever really got to grips with like tactically because it is quite different but um london storm always absolutely destroy a lot of the competition in these because they've got um i mean some of the tallest people which always helps for throwing power with their guys but um you also need the ladies that play mix you need to have like really big balls <laughs> to go in and <laughs> want to play mixed at a high level because it's basically like saying i want to play men's super league um essentially which i personally don't <laughs> i look at men's super league and i'm like i'll ref that that's as close as i'm willing to get um <laughs> so yeah so who's so london storm like harry bignall i don't think she's playing as much anymore but she's a really handy mixed player she's just completely fearless in the women's as well um yeah rachel potter was there playing for them at the weekend she obviously really enjoys it uh, who else is good in mix kirsty lunn used to play for us at sheriff's another fearless one and april o'brien they're both at phantoms now but they love they just want to like they've just got that fight in them they just want to like have a go so i'd say they're definitely in the mixed um yeah sam like just feel like i should mention him in something like at sheriff for sheriffs like sam ward um he plays mixed for wales as well i think because it's slightly slower than men's he plays a slightly different role on a mixed team and i think that suits him really well so yeah lots of people to mention there so i've just tried to basically name drop as many people as possible <laughs> in the hope of not upsetting anyone <laughs> well i mean the roster is only six people on the court so yeah if i go with a squad of like 18 i might be all right <laughs> <laughs> they all get so, one set just keep rotating them through <laughs> so we're gonna, we're gonna pray for your survival this saturday safe to assume yeah I don't think I think more people will like tease me mercilessly. I don't think anyone's gonna actually try and hurt me. Um oh, of course I mean they're, I, they're I, too nice. But I think there'll definitely be um if I do anything, it's particularly if I do anything stupid, there'll then just be a lot of sort of like ha ha I was like, Oh yeah, exactly. Such a Miranda move. Got it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so we're going into this thread here. Hannah says, Ooh, that's a good one. Not as spicy as your question. Hannah chose violence. 
and this is your 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 curiosity is this to play on or just to wreck everyone else clearly my head is to wreck everyone else you say i'm trying to get you murdered at league clara's on my side let's go for carnage now you're speaking my language clara ah clara so clara and i have an understanding so definitely like to have her on in the future um I think we kind of touched on this. Uh, Matteo Mini, not dodgeball related, but favorite stand-up comedians. Would it be the, was it the Miranda show you said? Yeah, Miranda Hart. I do think she's funny. Miranda Hart? She does, yeah, she does sort of more like sketch stuff than like stand-up per se. Okay. Um, I don't know, have you heard of Bill Bailey over in the States? Like, I think it's uh, yeah. probably, yeah, so he's like, like it's sort of the mad wise man of the forest and he does like he's very easy incredibly gifted musician so he does a lot of like musical stuff as well um, i'm mm. actually going to see him with my family in like may so i'm looking forward to that um yeah so he does sort of like slightly surreal stuff i did t- i did actually get to go and see eddie Izzard once with my mum um have you heard any of eddie Izzard stand up wait what's his name eddie Izzard. you can't say i know who he is Oh, do you like this? Sounds like a segue, but it isn't. Do you like Star Wars? Of course I do. Woman. Right, I'm gonna send. I'm gonna send you a clip straight after this. Um, So Eddie Izzard does like really surreal, like he kind of like sets up these imaginary situations and then like plays them out. And one of them is like, can you imagine the the canteen on the Death Star? And so he's got like Darth Vader going to get his lunch. <laughs> um, and yeah, someone's animated it with a load of Lego bricks on YouTube. And it's like, I don't know if if there if my me and my brother had like internet culture, it is essentially that sketch. I think I can still quote it end to end. But like, <laughs> there are a number of lines in it which, if you say it in the presence of any of my friendship group, you'll get the next line back. Like, and then we can just do the whole <laughs> thing between us. It's like one of those things. Um, so it's yeah, one so of those bits you guys all uh, memorize. All of... <laughs> yeah, definitely. And then, mm. do you guys? It's not stand up, but um, have you guys seen Hot Fuzz? Um, uh, yeah, that was a wasn't it? A, it was a film with uh, Sean Penn, I believe. Yeah. So about ten years. Ooh, ten years ago. Yeesh. Yeah, it's got uh, Nick Frost in it, being like the comedy policeman. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah that, that's an. Another one where, um, so when I was at uni, as I was in, there's this whole thing about, um, like, nobody tells me nothing round here. And then there's a bit of like the greater good. So basically, if you say the greater good anywhere near me or my mates, someone else in the background just chimes in with the greater good. Because <laughs> in the film, they're always repeating it. Yeah. Which is just basically British humour in a nutshell, is just yelling shit at your friends. Um, yeah. <laughs> that sounds very yeah. familiar. Yeah, so, so I'd say, yeah, let's stick to two because I'm aware that I keep waffling on every time you ask me a question. No, 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 that's fine. You want to you want to throw everything in there, go for it. Uh, is there any other comedians that come to mind? Johnny Carr, uh, maybe um, Fern Brady, anyone else? Yeah, I know a little bit about stuff over there too. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, actually, one of the, like, if you if they're still on Netflix, Hannah Gatsby. Um, Hannah who? I've watched it like three times. Hannah, is it Hannah Gadsby? She she got really famous because she did this um, show called Nanette, um, which is basically like, yeah, it is Hannah Gadsby. She's Australian. 
And Nanette was basically her resigning from being a stand-up comic. So it's kind of like half comedy and then half like, I think you can only really call it performance, performance art or something, because it's incredibly moving, but it's not funny, but it's mm. really watchable. And then that was horrendously successful. So she came back with like her second show, which is called Douglas and is on Netflix. And there are bits in that where I think I've seen it three or four times now. And I, I'm, I still cry laughing at some of it. Um, yeah, she's um, she's recently been diagnosed as autistic. So some of it's about like understanding suddenly why she saw the world in such a different way. Um, she yeah, she's queer as well. So some of it's about um, sort of obviously living as a queer woman. And but a lot of it, some of just like you know when you're listening to someone like a comedian do like a, a monologue, and then they just hit you suddenly with just like the best punchline you've ever heard, and then they just keep talking. <laughs> And your brain's just like, no, 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 wait, wait. <laughs> like, that was brilliant. Yeah, I would 100% check that out on Netflix. If you haven't already, Douglas is hilarious. Okay. Um, it's funny you mentioned that feeling, because one of my favorite comedians, and I'm going to give him a shout out, uh, his name is Christopher Titus. And oh, okay, um, I have to check him out. The best way I can describe him is... And I, I don't care how this sounds to people. I would say he's kind of like the white Dave Chappelle in that he's very vulnerable. Like whenever you see any of his comedy specials, it's not so much jokes on jokes on jokes. It's more like he's making fun of stuff he's already been through and telling you how to get around it. Yeah. So one of my favorite um, specials, that he did it was called uh, from I think it was 1999. I remember it was like 12 or 13 when I saw this. Um, I have it on my. If you want, if you want to feel old one last time, I have it on a VHS tape. It's called uh, Christopher Titus. Back in the day, back in the day right? Be kind, rewind. Um, <laughs> uh, it's called Norman Rockwell is bleeding, and it's essentially about it's about him growing up with an abusive or with an alcoholic uh, father and an abusive mother and all the wild fun times he had as a teenager. And if you, yeah. if you hear that special from beginning to end, you get that kind of feeling like serious story, serious story, serious story, punchline. And then it all makes sense. Yeah. So that's something I would definitely recommend to anyone, to you and to anyone listening. Um, Norman Rockwell is Bleeding by Christopher Titus. Watch it from start to finish. You'll definitely get the same vibes we're talking about here. So, next question, and this is a personal attack from what I can see. Emily Walker, how did you develop such a graceful dodging style? Now, before you answer that, I can't say I've seen too much footage of you playing. I mean, I literally, I literally tried to look up as much sheriff clips as I can find and I don't know if it's just you guys are private on YouTube or whatever, but anytime I see sheriff's clips, it's always from other people's channels. Yeah, like to be fair, we are. Or, yeah. Or Spartans or whatever. I don't see like a dedicated sheriff's channel, at least not that I've come up. So I, I'm literally trying to do some research. I can't find anything about your graceful dodging style. So let, let, let's go into that. Well, how would you describe your your dodging style? Um, unpredictable. 
is how it was described to me um, a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> so I sort of alluded to it earlier. Like I do, I think especially because I never really played sport before, started playing dodgeball. And like as much as we all love it and we take it really seriously, it is a slightly ridiculous sport. Like I think you need to accept that. And especially because when stuff happens to you in dodgeball, it's all super personal because obviously you've been hit, you've been caught, you've failed to dodge, you've fallen out of court, whatever it is. Yeah. So, because I was like, it's difficult to describe how bad I was at dodgeball for like the first two years of playing it. Like, it people don't believe me. It took me 18 months to win a match, um, like of playing. Like, it took me, I think, 12 months to win a set. So, when people like people like especially when I've when they've only known me as like a coach and then playing on like like obviously a fairly decent team they always look at me like the corner of their eye being like oh yeah no you pretend you were rubbish because like you're trying to make me feel better I was like no no seriously like I was rubbish like really really rubbish and the only reason I kept playing is because I was with a load of other girls that weren't taking it all that seriously and we all had a really big laugh and you had to laugh at yourself and laugh at each other so because I'm not very like athletic. I couldn't really dodge. And then so like the second year of play, I just started jumping. But it wasn't jumping to like try and dodge the ball. Like it was basically everyone used to say it looked like I decided I was going to make a specific shape in the air like five minutes ago. So I jump in the middle of a match and like hit this position, like whatever it was, regardless of where the balls were coming. So the number of times I jumped into getting hit in the face like booting the ball like onto the next court but one because like there was no it wasn't reactive at all it was just like oh my god maybe jumping will help <laughs> and also the only sporting thing i've carried through from my childhood is karate for a few years when i was like 11 and i hmm. learned how to fall and i in whatever podcast of yours i was listening to you said your mum did judo yeah oh it was my interview. Um, yeah, it was my interview, and I know I mentioned it a few times. So yeah, yeah. Um, she was and a black said, belt. And martial arts teaches you how to fall, right? Um, yeah, because I, I said that several times actually. Because yeah. a lot of times you're taught. Well, the way I was taught, and I'm not sure if it's still prevalent for youth. Um, for the first six months of doing just judo, I didn't do any offense. I learned how not to be thrown. Yeah. And exactly. once I got thrown, I knew how to brace for the impact. Yeah. And I would, yeah. I would credit that to being why is why, you know, even in my mid thirties, I, I bounced back from awkward landings. Cause I nine times out of 10 saw the awkward landing happen. Yeah. And you just, you learn, don't you? You have to adapt yeah. your body to not for it to not hurt basically. So 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 basically that's my only skill i can fall over spectacularly and get back up again so pin that with not very good so getting hit a lot trying increasingly desperately to do anything to mean that i'm not hit every single time straight off the bat so i start doing these stupid jumps i start like throwing myself on the floor as soon as i get knee pads like it's all over Mm. um but also because like i am a bit like I do enjoy making people laugh. Like, sod it. If I'm going to be out, I might as well have got something out of it. And if that's making someone laugh, that's great. Um, so I'm also really bad at, if I'm doing something like a big dodge or a big jump and I get hit, 
I just give up. Like, because I know that I know that I'm not going to hurt however I land because I know how to fall. So people have just described it as it basically just looks like I get shot in like in midair because I just hit the deck like a sack of potatoes. Like, <laughs> there's no grace and elegance. There's no, oh, maybe I'll try and land on my feet. It's just like she was in the air and now she's starfished on the floor. Like, she dead. She dead. Um, so what's been quite funny people that came up playing with me you can tell if someone knows me or not because basically at a train session i will wipe myself out at least twice in a given session people that know me just carry on around me like they'll step (laughs) over me to go and do the next thing whereas people that don't know me are then like oh my god is she okay and then they realize that i'm wetting myself laughing as is probably two other people who've seen me do whatever stupid thing i just did and then I just like roll over and be like, yep, cool. I'll be out. See you in the outbox. And everyone's like, what just happened? <laughs> so yeah, that's the um, graceful and elegant dodging style. And the, the clip I sent you, like where I try and catch Emily, that's just like absolutely standard. Like I literally, if I'd stayed still, I'd have been fine. I had a real hero moment. and was like, I can catch Emily like diving sideways. Got hit before my second foot had even left the ground. So I was like, it's all over, mate. So I just, yeah, like barrel roll off court and just, and then just sit up blinking like, oh, survived. Love it when I do that. Like no injuries <laughs> if we go to the outbox sort of thing. So you pretty much just make up whatever shape comes to your mind and try to do that in five minutes and then. Oh, well, I've just stopped. Don't jump anymore. Because I, just... and also I think it took me a few years to realize how serious I want to take playing. And once I like became much more serious about it, um, I've put a lot of work into like obviously my, my mobility and my court awareness and things like that so now when I jump I do actually genuinely tuck jump with the aim of dodging a specific ball <laughs> which has gone near my feet <laughs> um, but yeah there was a good couple of years where it was just I actually got banned from playing next to one of the girls on my team because she found me too flaily <laughs> so I was just really off-putting to play next to because she had no idea what I was going to do so she sent me to the <laughs> other end of the line <laughs> which was really funny she's a good friend it's fine she's fine so in the thread you said you felt personally attacked emily walker do you still love me sam is just grinning in the background having read this question oh yeah because he gets a front row seat to most of my spectacular wipeouts so like he will be the first, just be rolling his eyes, being like, "Right, play on, everyone." Like she's fine. Like she's just gonna like put her shoe back on and come and sit in the outbox or whatever I've done. <laughs> and you, oh wow, you actually did send me some clips. I actually didn't see that; it didn't pop up. You sent me some clips. Um, you'll, yeah. you'll see what I mean. Okay, Emily Walker. I think we've already went over this, but who's on your dodgeball dream team? You pretty much listed that, right? Or was that just per division? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I'd happily go back to playing my, like, the year I played under her at Steel was a really special time. So probably, to be fair, that team, but with Alex Nelson in it, that would be my dream team. And I think we kind of touched on this too, but if you want to elaborate, Emily Walker, what's the most rewarding part of international coaching? Yeah, I'd definitely say, like, the trust that you get, like, sort of, it's made special by how much it means to people to have you in that role. Mm. <laughs> Excuse me. 
so yeah the trust that people put in you and then also you get a lot of control so that can be very rewarding because you don't because you've sort of been elevated a bit because it's like it's international people really want to people want to be guided they want to to focus on their own performance and then leave a lot of it to you in the way that you don't necessarily at a national level like a, a yeah a national league so yeah the trust and equally the opportunity to kind of like really push things or build something in in how you see it in your mind is the most rewarding bit mm. and for zoe so she already answered your question and you'll hear it uh but she threw it back at you to throw your own question back, if you could pick a women's team, a women's team lineup purely based on humor, who would it be? So I'll so put, put her on it because I only asked her to put me on hers. <laughs> Wait, um, so if she hasn't put me on hers, then it's going to go down. Um, <laughs> You'll find yeah, out when yeah. you're it. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah, so it would just be the two of us squaring off on Saturday. Um <laughs> Yeah, she's very funny. She she's a brilliant writer. Like her newsletters for British Dodgeball are very very good. Um, Emily and Alex, like we're only this good friends because we make each other laugh a lot. Holly again because it's not dodgeball if you can't yell abuse at someone. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's a there's a lot of people to be fair who my only oh Le- Leah I never know how to say her surname. She is actually going to kill me. Crude. Cri- I'm so sorry, Leah. I really like you. Oh, I don't know how to say your surname. Yeah. <laughs> I um, thought she. I'm gonna get cussed out. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, she's she's very like. That's classic. Like I've only ever seen her in a dodgeball context, but I've known her for years now. We get on really, really well. She's a good. She's a good laugh. Elisa, to be fair, at Wales is good fun. Um, especially if you're playing if you're playing for fun elisa is hilarious if you're playing to win elisa is terrifying um so if it was just for like a fun tournament she'd be good so there you go that's six let's stick with that yeah i've only i mean well elisa's funny i will say that yeah but i guess i've only ever seen i don't the terrifying side because she's yeah no elisa has been international all win oh my captain meg who is genuinely hilarious, but also her sense of humor would be to kick me in the shins if I didn't pick her. So, <laughs> Who, who's Meg? Meg. Meg Rose. Um, she's my captain at Sheriffs. So. Oh, Megan so, Rose. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I, I know a little bit about her. A little bit. Yeah. Um, she's good. She's a good egg, as we always say. A good egg. That's the most British thing you've said all day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Zoe Wells. Okay, so this seems like a. It seems like a uh, like a bar game you guys play or something. Find one good thing to say about three dodgeball. Rip, yeah. lost definitely and forgotten. Yeah, so I think she's basically just getting at like, do we actually miss three ball? Okay. Um, to which the answer generally is no, unless you're Emily Walker. Um, she misses three ball, but that's because she was ridiculously <laughs> good at it. So it's in her interest to miss it. Um. Yeah, the best thing about three balls, to be honest, was the fact that you couldn't get five balls thrown at you. There you go. Because that's grim whenever that does happen. Rip, lost definitely, and forgotten. Yeah. Okay. If, I right. think if you didn't play it for more than like a year, there's a lot of people like Zoe who came in at the same time Zoe did, where they basically spent a year being like, what is this? And then they got five, given five balls. They were like, this is way better. Whereas all of us who'd come up playing three ball were like, no, we like the old thing. <laughs> <laughs> 
So Emily Walker, never forgotten. Tamara, easy, rolling the ball when you're down and, and a catcher. Yeah, AKA my only tactic uh, ever. The dream. Yeah, Mateo Mini says that's the catcher's dream. All about the pre-throw catch and the best balls of steel tactic ever. The applesauce. Sergio, ask about the applesauce. Okay. Yeah. What, what what what's what's your deal with applesauce? What's what's this about? So a- applesauce was a call that we had. Um so it was a tactic that we used. Um that we might even have come up with. Someone came up, we were hungover, someone was hungover and we tried it and it actually worked. So we used to train on a Saturday and like Friday nights are a big night in Nottingham when you're a student. So Saturday training, many weird and wonderful things came out of Saturday training. Um, so basically, so if you imagine a three ball dodgeball setup for those of you that have suffered through watching any of it. I have. Or like, so if you're being thrown at, normally one team's got two balls, you've got one ball, that ball's gone to one of your wings. And the people with two balls are probably going to throw somewhere near the, the wing to shut the counter down. Mm. So if you yell applesauce, basically as the people throwing at, so you're the player with the ball on the team with one ball. Okay. As the people, as the two balls throw at you or the person next to you, as they plant, you take one step forward and you bounce your dodgeball fully cross court, which is then picked up by your opposite wing, who basically grabs it and then does a, like an immediate running counter on the people who've thrown. Hmm. It is the only thing in my life I've ever been better at than Emily Walker. Couldn't throw the damn thing, but I could set them up. Like if you wanted someone to bounce a ball cross court to you, like you give me a ring. Like I was solid as someone setting up applesauce, um, which is admittedly a really stupid name for a dodgeball tactic, but it worked. Um, every now and then people who used to be at steel who are now at sheriff's yell it mid game. And we still haven't told everyone else at sheriff's what it means. So like we just yell applesauce and basically throw a dodgeball at them. And they're just like, what is this? What are you doing? Yeah, uh, yeah, that's what it's supposed to be. Okay. I wasn't expecting that, but I'm actually kind of, I'm, that's actually kind of cool. I'm not going to lie. If you're, <laughs> tell you what, at foam, like it won't work as well as foam balls. We can, I'll demo it for you when we're at the foam open. Oh, it can definitely work with foam. Yeah, I think we, we're just like, we're like babies. You're going to come over and just be like, what are these people doing? Like, we're like, like toddlers with the foam balls at the moment because we haven't really figured it out. <laughs> haven't you you guys had what like six foam opens already not six we've had like three <laughs> three and then another two prior to the lockdown so I'm, this would be your six yeah i mean to be fair i've played a bit of it with like the gb squad so some of us are starting to get the hang of it it's like it's variable that there's very much like there's a spectrum is what i'll say about at the minute about competition fair enough the so... in the uk <laughs> So safe to assume half of the foam open, I'm going to be teaching people how to do curveballs. Is that how it's going to go? Oh, no, like a strong 80% of your time will be spent teaching all of us how to throw curveballs. If you go uh-huh. home having not t- taught me how to throw a curveball, I'll consider this entire thing a waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm going to be easy to spot, so. Yeah, like him. <laughs> you. Like, yeah, I'll be the only one with a, an American hoodie on, so it'll be yeah. fine. Um applesauce cheese okay 
And then Zoe Wells, the queen of the meme game, right here. <laughs> I thought these were quite good, to be fair. Uh, it's been 84 years. Uh, yeah, Zoe, um, you'll definitely hear her interview. That was definitely funny. Uh, Aiden Woodall, cloth or foam, both in life, or both in dodgeball and in life. Yeah. Um, I will say, I think, I, like, I, I get why it's such a big debate. I think in the UK, probably watching from the US, you might not quite understand like the level of like quite the level of ang- not anxiety, like grumpiness people have about cloth versus foam over here. And that's and I was thinking about it. I think it's basically because like in the US, like okay, fair enough, you're not necessarily like one big happy dodgeball family, but you guys <laughs> play what four different rule sets, and they all still exist. Like they still happen. Yeah. Like yeah, you've got whatever on earth you call rubber <laughs> or 8.5 I, I always have to work really hard to work out which one you're talking about when you're chatting to the american people on your podcast <laughs> um, so 8.5 is rubber right right yeah it's uh... then, yeah or oh, is and is no sting also no, rubber? yeah no sting is technically it's not rubber even though it has the same texture it's supposed to be like recycled material kind of I was going to say, because if you're calling rubber nosing, that's a lie for a start. <laughs> it does stain. Trust me. It, it stings oh, like I've, thro- I've literally, I think I've thrown three rubber balls in my entire life and that was enough. Never again. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, you've got like pinch um, and then just what we call just foam. Yeah. And then cloth. And then like, right, fair enough. Like, like you've got all the stuff, all the politics about and world champs, but you do, no one's saying they'll never play rubber again just because it's not going to world champs. You Whereas have a few over people here, here saying that, but does anyone believe them? Like, do, you think, do, you, do you think it's? Do you think the rubber scene is going to die out overnight because it's not going to world champs? I don't think it's going to die out, but I definitely think there's some people who. I'll say this: I do know some people who retired early because of it. Yeah, and like clearly that's but only a like a handful of, of people. Yeah, so there's still if you wanted to play rubber in the US, you've still got options. Yeah, like if you just for a rec league or whatever whereas our only experience of a rule change is literally over the course of one season we binned an entire rule set off and never spoke about it again apart from to make memes basically so (laughs) when when people talk about a phone versus cloth there's a genuine fear over here that at some point someone's going to turn around and be like put the cloth balls away like you never see them again we play foam now (laughs) is that really a fear you guys have I think I think I don't think I don't think people may I overthink everything, so I probably put way too much thought into this. But I think probably. it's our only experience of it's our only experience of a rule change. Mm. So there is a genuine fear that British Dodgeball will start cutting back on how much cloth they offer in order to um promote foam, etc. Because if foam becomes the Olympic option, and that's a whole different kettle of fish, um that cloth will die out. Whereas I've kind of got to the point where I'm like, it makes literally zero sense. If you take the US as a model, it makes no sense for British Dodgeball to stop offering cloth, considering it's what 98% of its customer base plays. And like, you can say what you want about like, obviously it being our lives and you don't like to think of it as a business, blah, 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 blah. British Dodgeball exists to promote Dodgeball and also make money. So they run tournaments that no one wants to go to. They don't make any money. (laughs) So I think there's a level of, 
there's a level of acceptance that we've yet to reach in the UK that realistically we're going to have these two things that will probably both be happening at the same time when and if one of them does become the olympic version that's then as you say like with people retiring early from rubber that's then a personal decision isn't it about whether you want to keep playing the non-olympic one and move to the olympic one because of whatever reasons you might have um but yeah so i'll start by saying i don't think at this stage it's an either or um but cloth is better (laughs) i'm gonna let you have that one I'm going to let you have that one. Um, foam balls would... are huh? balls are much easier as a beginner. I totally believe that. I okay. actually think if you were going to go all out, being like we have one dodgeball and that's it, I think you should play cloth rules with foam dodgeballs. That's my... There you go. I said it. I said something controversial. So we're going to have to order some protection detail for you this Saturday, are we? <laughs> I think it's more of Worlds, isn't it? <laughs> like when, huh? it'd be, if I managed to make it to Worlds, there's people coming at me being like, you said what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's fair. Um, probably the most controversial thing you said the entire the yeah. entire thing, which is not too bad. Um, Dave Prestage, who I had on a month ago, a month and a half ago, actually. Who is in your Mount Dodge Mall Rushmore? Like... Trust Dave to come up with a, like the most left field question. <laughs> to be fair, there's four. Without sound like I know no U.S. history, there are four people. There, there's there's four. There's four. So it could be super vain and just have the hosts of the neutral zone. <laughs> I love it. Done. <laughs> just, sticking with that. Yeah, shameless self promotion. There you go. go. <laughs> we have our little logo underneath as well. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Um, okay, so Shaquille Joseph, what is your favorite dodgeball related topic to discuss? Uh oh, bless Shaq. He's one of ours as well. I think um sorry? He's a sheriff? Yeah, Shaq's yeah, Shaq plays for us. And he's a he's still studying at uni of as well so he plays for steel and sheriffs at the moment mm. um i think um i find it really interesting chatting to other women in the sport about how to try and grow the women's game i think while like there's very little of this that i wouldn't talk about if you see what i mean i'll chat about whatever mm. i find those conversations particularly interesting because i think there's no right answer and it's also I do think it's slightly I think you are brought up slightly differently as a woman with regard to your views on sport and how accessible that is for you and especially as someone who previously like if you if you told me 10 years ago okay 15 years ago Mm. (laughs) because we're getting older than we think um (laughs) that I'd be an international an international sports coach with designs on getting my own international caps. I would have wet myself laughing. Like I probably had a hernia. Like it would it would have been like saying you're gonna go to the moon and discover like the philosopher's stone. Because it just wasn't something that I ever considered would be of interest to me, would be a group that I'd feel accepted in, would be a group that would welcome me would be something I was physically capable of doing. 
but then here we are whereas like it's it's one of the my friends from school find it completely baffling that (laughs) i am now like the sports nut because i was just like the nerdy funny one like and i probably wasn't even that funny um yeah so i think um conversations about promoting the sport to women and girls understanding that there's a lot of different buttons that you need to press for different people because for some people you go oh my god you can play this at international level we go all over the world like you'll play people from all over the place for some people that's super motivating because they already know they're competitive they already know that they like sport whereas that would have been like the last thing you could have said to me to get me through the door <laughs> i need i needed to hear we don't care that you're rubbish come and have a laugh which of course would not motivate the oh my god come and play international level woman and while i'm not saying it's a million miles from how you would reach reach a wider cross-section of men the women being five to ten years behind in a numbers capacity in dodgeball anyway i just think it's something that i feel really strongly about because i feel like it's given me so much having this opportunity that yeah that's probably what i'm what i most like to talk about (laughs) yeah having taken like nearly over two hours of your time i will talk about most things (laughs) (laughs) it's it's all good it's all like i said before i make no apologies for how long or how short these episodes are as long as they express your truth or whoever i have on i mean it could be three hours and people are just gonna have to grit their teeth and bear it um there is something i do want to ask and it's probably gonna sound stupid what is a philosopher's stone oh you call it the sorcerer's stone um oh it's it's a harry potter thing well so 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 yeah it is in but in like mythology or whatever it, it gave you the like elixir of life so it was like immortality um, basically like so um in like the middle ages there were people like who reckoned they could make it and they were like so have you heard of alchemy um yes like turning yeah so while they were also trying to turn random stuff into metal one of the big things in alchemy was to try and make the philosopher's stone so that you could like give your king or queen or you if you got there quick enough immortality okay um sorry i told ready? you i was a nerd <laughs> no 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 I, I i i gave you my you know reverse flash reference earlier on um you ready for me to drop a grenade on you real quick oh, i have God, never God. seen harry potter or read any of the books that's impressive actually like i am that's at this stage like 20 years after the first film came out never like, seen it i'm so impressed I've never seen a single movie. I've never read a single book. I know the characters, sort of. I was going to say, how do you exist in pop culture? <laughs> do I live in like, pop? Okay, how do I exist in every, Hollywood? Every other not... reference is, yeah, every other reference is like borderline Potter fandom. Borderline <laughs> or at least it is in my world. Maybe I maybe, maybe in your world, I pick up more or less there. Star Wars or Marvel or stuff like that, but. I mean, literally, the only reference that I know from Harry Potter is the game Quidditch that started out here, I guess. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much it. I mean, I couldn't tell you anything about the characters. I couldn't tell you which character I identify with the most. Um, I couldn't tell you anything about that. Other than that, it seems like it's about a kid who grows up in a high school full of wizards, so he's attacking the principal. That's all I could 
that's all it looks like to me. <laughs> uh, uh, you got like you know it's actually really tragic in, in my head for a minute there I was like oh my god I'm so jealous because you could actually read them all and experience it for the first time which is like the peak Harry Potter fan reaction <laughs> to hearing that someone's never read them. I'm um, sure I'm sure I'm gonna get you know trolled in the comments or in my messenger once people hear that I've never but yeah I legit never seen that never read yeah. it. I'm impressed. Never experienced it. <laughs> you're you're just in there, just like how do you live? <laughs> yeah, no, literally, like that was I. I used to read really quick as well. I read the final book in under in in one sitting, in seven and a half hours. Like that's how much report ahead I was. Oh wow! <laughs> you kind of sound like, like me with some comic books. Yeah, my family gave it to me first because they were like, "She'll do it in a day. We can have it next." <laughs> <laughs> like because yeah we used to like rush oh my god let's not get into it we'll be here for another two hours um yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's gonna be a long edit for sure um but i wanted to I'm throw so in a sorry uh, no it's fine it's fine i mean the only thing i do you know i just gotta trim down the awkward silences that people won't get to hear and though other than that it'll be good i don't think we swore at all but i'll look into that uh but there's a there's a curveball question i wanted to throw in that um I didn't get to, but I'll ask you now. What was your biggest takeaway between you and the crew and our podcast back in October? September? Yeah, it was a little while ago, wasn't it? Yeah. What was your biggest takeaway from that experience being on not not having the control of the content, more so just being guided and sharing your collective story? I think I don't know if I said it while we were on. It was almost like having like group therapy. Like <laughs> In in the best way, because I think as well, like because there's such a like culture at the minute, isn't there? Of, like side hustle and like everything, um, trying to like optimize everything that you do because everyone's got to be like so driven all the time and everything's got to have like a point, mm. um, and really the podcast that started because Sam thought that people who didn't go to the World Cup in 2018 might be interested to hear what it was like. And we did an episode and then we did a couple of episodes covering League. And it's sort of gone from there, but it's never really developed into anything beyond just like essentially four people recording them themselves having a chat, if you see what I mean, which yeah. is why a lot of people really like it. But also like as more people have started to listen, which is great. Like I had um, one of the girls who I've played against for years, I really respect her, came up to me at League having listened for the first time. And she was like, oh, what do you guys want the podcast to be? And I was like, oh, well, just can't. And like we talked about it, and I was like, oh, well, just sort of like, hopefully if someone wants to know what was going on, we'd be like their sort of one-stop shop for what's happening. And she said, um, she was like, I'm not for a second telling you to do this or not to do this, but just as a perspective from a first-time listener, I'd be, I'm here on a, on a league day and I kind of know what the schools, scores are. But you guys are obviously trying really hard to be very neutral. Um, whereas for some of us that like, have been in the game, like as long as you guys have, we'd be really interested in your views on like certain issues or certain like refing decisions and things like that. And it could be that would be really interesting. And I'd be like, I'd be really interested in listening to what you guys thought about that kind of stuff. Mm. And I think that really echoes some of the stuff that we came out of having spoken to you because we ne we've never take we barely find the time to record the bloody thing um <laughs> so we never really taken the time to have a plan for any of it 
Um, and I think at the moment we're all kind of caught because um, we're all we're all the same age. Like we're all sort of trying to do career things and working a lot and playing dodgeball a lot and trying to have a life. And I think at some point we do need to decide amongst us because all of us, I think, if you gave us all a million quid and we're like, you don't need to work anymore, at least three of us would be like, cool, let's actually try and make dodgeball content like full time yeah. or at least part time. So I think what was really interesting to chat to you and have a obviously an outside perspective and someone that does something similar but different was um think about what it could be that's more than what it currently is. And I don't think um like we're being much better at like actually getting an episode out every league, trying to upload more regularly um being slightly more organized in how we attack like talking about the league and stuff <laughs> and i think the progress is going to be slow but i think it definitely gave us some ideas about things we'd like to add to it and interests of our own like the four of us that something jordan might want to talk about or i won't want to talk about and yeah just diversifying a bit so that we showcase a bit rather than just sort of basically being the news with a few bits of jokes and stupidity which is essentially what it is at the moment it's like the dodgeball news yeah um yeah just diversifying a bit and sort of maybe making it slightly more personal in some ways like to stuff that we feel very strongly about um so yeah no we found it we really enjoyed it coming on it was really good and now you guys are like trying to game plan like what it could be kind of after the fact I think we're trying to survive January, first and foremost. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's definitely now in the back of our heads that when we get a minute to breathe, and of course, like with the world being a mess forever, it's really hard to do that in any point of your life. Like I know lots of people are feeling like that. But once we feel like we're back in a rhythm, I certainly think there's things we consider doing with it that we wouldn't have had we not maybe spoken to you in the same way because mm. it was really like a chance to sort of look in on it rather than being in it and looking out if that makes sense no it does uh it, it was kind of funny because like i had this question in my mind but i guess i forgot to put it in the thread um because in part because like i wanted to know what it felt like sort of surrendering control and what did that felt? What did that feel like? And what was the biggest lesson you got from it? And it seems like, yeah, like you said, it was like a group therapy session. And I mean, when you guys yeah. can breathe, it seems like you guys are sparked, in the very least, to come up with ideas that can help improve what people are looking forward to now. I know I am. You know, yeah. I enjoy I enjoy you know recapping or uh, listening to you guys recap uh, current leagues and stuff like that, and then whatever silly jokes get thrown out, you know, of course I'm all, I'm all game for that. So yeah. definitely for you guys on that end. It means a lot as well. You should de definitely, cause especially cause Sam does like the edit and like a lot of the uploading and stuff. I'd be super interested if you ask Sam the same question when you have him on, I think his answer would be quite interesting. Yeah. Maybe it'll be another two hour one for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'd put up with him giggling. <laughs> if you get uh, started put up with him giggling like because if you get him on something which he finds funny he's such a giggler um which he'll probably 
take You're offense pro- to me saying now. But, well, I'm not cutting it, so you got to deal with the consequences. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, so um, I want to ask you this, uh, the legacy question. So, Catherine, how would you like to be remembered once you step off the court the final time? So I think um, I'd be lying if I didn't put the va- the vanity answer in, which is I'd like to be remembered as being quite good. Like I'd like people to think like, oh yeah, she like yeah she could throw a dodgeball, like and occasionally catch one. Um, main mainly, and I know I've sort of like said variations on this theme all the way through. I do feel at times not quite responsibility is not the right word but I, I've ended up in a position where I talk about this community and sometimes inadvertently like almost for this community or offer a view from this community I've ended up in that position a fair bit just because of the podcast and then obviously once people know that you will speak people ask you to do it like um David, I did a bit of commentary the other week and it looks like we might do a bit more of that in the future. Yeah, and like, I that. Yeah, so that was really good fun. But I hope mainly that people know how much the community and the sport means to me so that when they find yet another thing where, oh my God, it's bloody Catherine Thomas again. Like, because mm-hmm. I seem to be everywhere at the moment doing all the things that <laughs> people feel like actually... I don't mind the fact that she's associated with my sport. You see what I mean? Like that I am able to worthy is not the right word that I am, that I put in, that I put into this community as well as I've had some amazing opportunities out of it. So that people, I want to be considered someone that gives back and supports and uplifts the community when they can sort of rather than because because I, I do i'm like i shoot my mouth about dodgeball all the time like in various different contexts some of which are public um and i hope that people know that i'm yeah that i take it seriously that someone might hear me talking about it and that it represents all of them and that I do my best to show the community as it is, is a really wonderful group of very talented, competitive and really friendly people. And I only hope to use what I do to grow the sport in some way and give it the people who are in it a laugh. (laughs) I can definitely say as someone who's brought you on numerous times, uh, your name does mean something. Uh, if it doesn't mean anything to anyone else, it definitely means something to me. Uh, I definitely respect your coaching pedigree. I definitely respect the humor that you have. Um, but overall, I think when people see your name attached to Dodgewall, they're going to see, they're going to know it's a credible name. They're going to know that this woman knows what she's talking about. And whether we know it or not, there might be a little girl listening to this episode right now and they see themselves in you and you're that role model. And I believe if, if it helps that little girl become something like you in the future or something better then every time you've been on and even your sharing your story would have been worth it. Um, 
<laughs> I can't I can't help but laugh every other time uh, we we've chatted. But I can honestly say having you on numerous times has been an honor that I don't take for granted. Not at all. Um, sharing your story finally after God knows how many times you've been on has uh, been a major, major hit in my bucket list. And I hope this experience heightens the rest of your dodgeball experience going forward with as many people are going to know who you are. I, I think you'll be a bigger name than, than you think. And you've already been coaching on the national level and everything, but people will really know you for you after listening to this. Yeah, that's really sweet of you to say. And I do, I do appreciate, like, I've had a great time every time I've been on. So do appreciate you you having me as well. And I'm really excited to meet you in person and maybe throw a, throw a phone ball at you. Well, is, are you going to throw it at me? Is it going to go to the ceiling? I mean, oh, I've... who knows, mate? I'm, I'm not, <laughs> I mean, I've not thrown one in a couple of months. So, yeah, like, probably take out the ref, like, you You'll know, probably take out the scoreboard in the other court, try to outdo yeah. Zoe. Absolute carnage. Wait, who, wait who, 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 who was it? Zoe or was it Emily? I'm sorry. Who was it that threw I think the... it was Emily who absolutely, Emily? like, she's literally in two pieces after she hit it. It was, it was incredible. Like, the force she got was great. It was just like, you know, 90, 90 degrees off where she wanted it to go. And she's quite good. She's, she's one of the most competent female phone players we've got. <laughs> she's so gonna kill me she's gonna kill you bro <laughs> she gonna yeah. kick you <laughs> we're, we're gonna be in Leicester next month she gonna kill you when she gets to Leicester <laughs> she, you're gonna arrive there's gonna be a girl in a yellow and black top beating the girl in a green top I'm the girl in the green you're the one in the green yeah the girl in the bees top and that'll uh, be how you know it's us, because there'll just be <laughs> violence. <laughs> and Sam in the background laughing, because of course he's got the best seat in the house. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, I will say this um, to wrap up: what I think your legacy will be, if if at ever, if any, if any point you ever feel down, trust me when I say you got support not just in the UK, but over here as well. So we're, we're here to uplift you for all those that you've uplifted. Uh, ah, all those you've up, uplifted. So Cheers, keep that in mind. So um, before we wrap up, do you have any final shout outs or final digs you want to throw? I think I've probably burned enough bridges. Oh, you'll be all right. For um, I, will, I will say, I'll say a huge shout out to the girls at Sheriff's because I probably haven't, um, it has been one of the singular biggest achievements of my life to play on that team with that with the quality of women that we have, um, and I don't take that for granted. And I've, I, because it's not very funny to say that you're having a really good time being quite good. Um, I don't talk about it very much. <laughs> um, but yeah, having banged on so much about beagles, I will say like it's it's been unreal playing with some of the girls that I've got to play with over the last couple of years at Sheriff. So. Huge thanks to them. Huge thanks to them indeed. All right. And that was my interview with Catherine Thomas. Catherine, thank you so much for hopping on and um, sharing with us your story finally. I mean, you've been on so many times and I would venture to bet that you'll be on many more. Uh, hope to see you and hope to see everyone I've interviewed and or as many people as I've interviewed in Leicester next month. 
and I hope for many more uh, European trips as well as international ones um, for this year. Hopefully, the year when things can kind of come back to normal. All right. Uh, if you've been with me up until this point, thank you so much, and have a wonderful day.